People always debate it. Who's the greatest player of all time? Dumb question. It should be who's the greatest team of all time? WGAG Radio. Sorry, Showtime. WGAG Radio. Back to back. WGAG Radio. First three P. WGAG Radio. Even with the flu. WGAG Radio. No push off. WGAG Radio. And my favorite. Tough to beat that. What? You think there's someone else? Prove it. Look at the air. Look at the hang. All that other extra shit is because. <laughs> I was, I was about to say that my reasoning to it is because that's one of, that's still one of the stages that uh that uh as that we can rise through. So by being a decline at one end and a rising up, it have to go it have to go through all go through go through the uh the different uh cycles in itself. Meaning meaning with the with them pushing the Hindu and all that stuff that was that was the last before it got to the threes. So by us ascending back up in reasoning and in actions and quality, then that's one of those that has to be passed itself. I see exactly what you're saying. It wouldn't be us. That would be them. It would be them. No, 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 no. We have to rise. For my reason, from how I how 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 I'm getting it, we we we're on the rise because we're coming back into reasoning. That's right. With yeah, this right knowledge. So by us coming back into reasoning with right knowledge, we're rising up. But that was one of those. That was the, if I say it, the dominant religion that was going on after we failed or after we stopped reasoning. Right. So now yes. by the cycle's coming up, nine, 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 pulling it up. You mm-hmm. still have to pass through six to get to nine. Mm-hmm. That's right. And to get the past six, you're right, is to get to six, you have to go through the goddamn Buddha and, and, and uh, book up with God, Om, and all that shit. For some the, people. The, but I ain't got to do none of that shit. And all that. Yeah. Yeah, because no, God is at some, three. Some people didn't drop below six. six. Ghost is three, which is the worship of the, the goddamn Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. The sixth man, which is the original man, is at your what you just said, um, the Phoenician, the Indian, and the Mongolians, which is your Buddha and all that rest of the, yeah. and the Indians. So and he said the sixth can't go. The sixth being, the sixteenth of beings, which are your Indians, your Mongolians, and your goddamn uh, Phoenicians, can't go no higher than six. And Caucasian right. can't even go no higher than three. And no see, it three. was his time to rule three or Caucasian, which is why their time is up. And and it came <clears throat> and it came by way. This is some interesting shit. The the new teachings came by way of an East Indian or a Mongoloid or a goddamn Phoenician 
that says there is no person, place, or thing. We're moving to the fourth one called idea. That's what they're teaching children now. So it's not person, place, and thing, and that's the end. It's person, place, and thing, and idea. So they're going back into their six, which still doesn't apply to us. No. No, I, I and I agree it don't apply to us. Um, the way I understood what the brother um, Nasir was saying was that it's a pendulum or it's a circle, and you're looking at one side. It's an equal and opposite reaction. When the six goes down and reverts back to pantheism, which was the first religion that they had under those Hindu, Phoenician, mm-hmm. um, Caucasians, when they go back to pantheism, then let's say the equator line is six six. That's what it, that's what we walk at. That's where the crackers walk at. That's where we can meet them on a horizontal line, and we can mm-hmm. physically come into contact with them. Mm-hmm. Now, as they divert mm-hmm. down towards five and four, toward three, mm-hmm. we go up when they go down to seven and eight. Mm-hmm. The, the, they, so we go up on one side as they go down on the other. And this is the non-ether revolutionary forces. So we we not passing from three to up to six. Because if, if the person is at a three now, they have no fucking chance of... <laughs> well, it's over the Caucasian race. Yeah, it's, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Their time is up. Thirty years. I mean, for real, man. It's over. Check I mean, so we, Their time is up. Yeah. The new textbooks are coming out. Ain't got nothing to do with them. Now, you know what's interesting, Don? Yeah, Fireline. They're they're giving the the, uh, mantle to the Hindus, Mm -hmm. which now explains why all the business is moving to India. Absolutely. And, and... Why the Indians over here run all the businesses, too. That's right. And why the Caucasian race is complaining like a bunch of niggas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That explains explains why you can't get anybody to service you on the phone unless you're talking to somebody in India or Singapore or Indonesia. All that shit, they have moved everything east. That's right. That's, that's, a, that's, that explains. Yep, there's your six, and he's going to be swinging from six to six because he can't go no higher. Let's move into mind and sex so we can get a better, uh, more details on the identity and purpose of the Caucasian race. Buckle up. Thirteen, of course, mind is creative matter, and nine represents mind. Mind is the motivating matter in nature. Mind may be living at one time and dead at another time. Living mind is that which has more positive matter active than negative matter, and dead mind is vice versa. A living being's mind is its personal guide. A living being's mind is its personal control, DeBrock. 
to say a living being's mind is its personal guide and control is to say that a living being's mind is its personal God, to use a Caucasian power word, just had to use it. Show us a person who has a weak mind, and we will show you a person who has a weak God. The way to strengthen your mind is with non-knowledge, the correct information. A person can be living physically and dead mentally, as in the case of a Negro. The word Negro means negative growth, which is another way of saying ignoramus. Ignoramus. Non-mind. You know the word Negro is in this bitch, right? (laughs) Non-mind grew the universes. The suns are non-mind. Mind is the top half of the circle of space, matter, and time. And sex is the bottom half. Fourteen, the two major powers that exist in the universes and in any living being are mind and sex. The two major powers that exist in the universes and in living beings are mind and sex. That's some deep shit, right? Even in the universes. The two are opposites. Mind is the positive and sex is the negative. Mind is the motivator and sex divider. Mind gives one knowledge or mental power. And sex gives one physical power. When the two powers are properly balanced in a living being in accord with its nature and position on the circle, that being will produce what is necessary for its survival and well-being. Mind represents life and sex represents death. Without mind, one would have no consciousness. No cons. What's the word? Con- what's the word? Cons- conscious. My bad. Without mind, one would have no consciousness, no conscious, no sight, no feeling, no taste, no sense of smell, and no sense of hearing, no sense of thought, and no sense of reason. And when one does not possess these qualities and properties. That being is very dead. Shall we continue? That was very no. Funny. No. Thank you, Fireline. Stop here. Okay. Because now you see why everything is bombarding you with sex all the time. Mm-hmm. That's that purpose for that because they mm-hmm. cannot allow people to have uh to use their brain or their mind mm-hmm. they have to keep you on the lower physical. lower yeah on the physical the lower chakra the the uh lower part of that circle mm-hmm. in order to keep you dead 
Mm-hmm. Your your songs are going to be about sex. Everything commercial. Like you got naked women damn near all laying Even across the Even that goddamn Moringa commercial. <laughs> hey, we got to sell Moringa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything is about sex. 972-639, your mic is wide open. Can we get a mic check? Hey, it's Trinity. Hey, Trinity, how you doing? Welcome to the last hour of the show, baby. What you got for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was just listening. I, I didn't even know I was okay. going to be, be here. Okay, you want me to leave your mic open? Yes, you can. Thanks. Okay, good to hear your voice. How's how, um, Cammy doing? Give her my love till I ask about it. Everybody, I just let her know, man, she's up there killing uh, my grandson and I. We're listening to the show, taking notes, reading. Hey, grandbaby. Okay, grandmama. Hi. Hi. Peace. Peace. Um, you five is You know the part that got me, boo. What, Don? When he says the two major powers that exist in the universes and in any living being, that's mammals too. That's your animal kingdom, Nasut. Are mind and sex. That's even your amphibians. The two are opposite. Mind is positive and sex is negative. Mind is the motivator and sex is the activator. Mind <laughs> gives one knowledge or mental power and sex gives one physical power. That part right there. Were you thinking about the, the other night when you were talking and you said uh, the Anunnaki came here for the gold, but what they wanted was the women? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. what, that came to my mind. They left for the fucking women. We ain't minding shit. We want women now. Yep. And stay. And yeah. just start. And Inkis just start wearing the gold and fucking plenty of bitches. <laughs> they had to send somebody to get Inky ass out, off the planet. That motherfucker didn't want to leave. The pussy was good, and the nigga was wearing gold. Had everybody draped in that shit. <laughs> oh, oh, no, you're right. You're right, Fireliners, because on the... You're right. Damn, I fucked up the story. You're right, because it was the mental plane. They were on the mental plane. And, 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 and that goddamn... What's that motherfucking name, Babylon? That fucking... Um, hey, Lyle told them about the bitches okay. on the fucking planet Earth. He didn't mention shit about gold. Yeah. He said, yeah, you have as don't. many women as you want. And they better than the bitches you already got. Yep. Mm-hmm. You right, women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. They got some pretty little women, and I'm gonna get me some. Yeah. They went to the sex. Absolutely, because that was a loud trading their mental power in for the physical power. <laughs> and it said they raped them bitches too, killed the men and raped the bitches. 
Okay. Fifteen. Although sex, although sex reproduces life, it also represents death. Because the more sex, the more life, and the more life, the more death. In other words, there cannot be an increase in death for any long duration unless there is first an increase in life. Life must precede death, precede death, because before there can be death, there must be life. I know. You want to talk about it, Babylon? Yeah, what an analogy. Oh, just the last words you said was what made me say, "Mm, I knew it was coming, but yeah, that's some deep shit right there. That, you know, like, that's some of the questions that people weigh in their mind. Like, when you talk to them, like, if you talk to some people on a deep level, they don't know whether which one precedes which. Mm. They play the duality game. They don't know if life precedes death. But see, in the WAPU, Dr. York is clear that life precedes death, and he tells you why, simply. But that's not a simple question to answer to the average person, though. Let's do it again. Oh, wait, Nuba, did you want to add to it? No, nah, I'm agreeing with Bab. That, that one's deep, very deep. Let's do it again. Yeah, that's just the master making some difficult shit seem simple. He's motherfucking write entire books on that subject right there. Although sex reproduces life, it also represents death. Because the more sex, the more life. And the more life, the more death. In other words, there cannot be an, an, an increase in death for any long duration unless there is first in increase in life life must precede death because before there can be death there must be life mind (laughs) reminds one what to do to prolong life mind reminds one what to do to prolong life and sex shortens life by making one physically weaker, especially the male. Now, that part I disagree with, especially the male. But anyway, in the reproductive act of sex, the parents, in the the reproductive act of sex, the parents give parts of their lives to the offspring. Sex causes increases in negative forces when it is exercised in unnatural way or exercised in lust instead of necessity. Hello? Mm. Let's dance again. Read that again, Don. Okay. Mm. In the reproductive act of sex, the parents give part of their lives to the offspring. Sex causes increases in negative forces when it is exercised in an unnatural way or exercised in lust instead of necessity. Sex is sacred. Sex is sacred, and it should be treated that way. By sacred, we mean it deserves highest regard and best care possible 
because it produces our future. If it is degenerate, our offspring will be degenerate. If it is corrupt, our future will be corrupt. If it is depraved, our offspring will be depraved. If we use it unnaturally, our offspring will be unnatural. Y'all can dance with it. Only thing he missed was the part that <laughs> if it is unnatural, it will produce nothing. No, it will still it will produce something. Negative forces. No. Oh, negative forces. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, we can go, go back, back up. We can go back up. Yeah, because it produces. Yeah. yeah. So that would be negative forces that it that homosexuality produces. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Because <clears throat> shit. Shit. Because mm. uh. 15 at the top, if I'm not mistaken. Are you there, Fire Line? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm here. Trying to find it. Well, it's fucking corrupt. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Wait, let me find this shit. Wait, let's go back. I think it's at the top of 13. Wait a minute. Sex causes increases in negative forces when it is exercised in a natural way or exercised in less. Where you at, Carolina? I'm in the middle of 15. Yeah, increase in negative forces. There it is. If it's when it is exercised in a natural way. Yeah, unnatural way or exercise in lust instead of necessity. It yeah. increases the negative forces. And you can see it. You can fucking see it all around us today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody want to add to it before we move forward? Yay or nay? All right, let's go. No, Don. Let's keep going, Don. Okay, 16. Sex also causes male and females to fuss, fight, and kill each other. Sex sometimes causes people to do incredible things, like myself. (laughs) Many (laughs) people... We've got to put that on record. Okay. (laughs) Okay, wait. Many people know the art of sex, but few, any, know the science of sex. The art of sex is knowing how to obtain the greatest ecstasy or pleasure from sex. But the science of sex is knowing how to obtain the least adverse results of the act. Mm. Strong, ain't it? To put it another way, According to the law of the code of the opposites, sooner or later, pleasure must be offset by pain. So the less pleasure one has, the less pain is required to offset it. Therefore, 
overuse, abuse, and misuse of sex by us who already other race monkeys on our backs add to the weight of the cross that we already carry. And that additional weight makes it harder for us to liberate ourselves in various ways necessary. Did we get that? Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Okay, what's that word for sexual intercourse again? That C word for 17. Cornish. Oh, my God. Warrior, you so fucking smart. How the hell? Who taught you Cornish? The Big Bang Theory. (laughs) (laughs) Get your little smart ass out of here and stop watching TV. What's the word again, Warrior? Okay, but it's the I O N. Caution. Caution. How you pronounce that word, newbie? You know, it's not the U S though. It is Cortis, but Caution. Caution. Sexual intercourse. Caution, Warrior. That's Cortis too, but caution is the word. No, we're not going to use Cordis. We're going to use... Man, where get your ass out of here. Bye. Get back to work. Get back to work. Caution, sexual intercourse, is normal and natural and is a source of pleasure and the source of reproduction. But a person can make himself or herself a slave to sex by allowing it to become an obsession. Then the mind degenerates to animal level. Now, what we just talking about that shit in our foot earlier today. Then the mind degenerates to animal level. <laughs> then there's a thousand excuses why these motherfuckers like to compare their sexual preference to an animal. Of that of an animal. Yeah, yeah. The mind degenerates to animal level. That's why we can't trust these fucking homosexuals around our children. Because as a dog would eventually attack a young human being. Any animal will attack a child. And homosexuals are fucking animals. They will attack your child, and you too. I mean, I think you said it all done, or Dr. York said it all in that last statement you just made. Yeah, that's why um, you got to keep them motherfuckers away from your children. Yeah. It's right there, right there, right in your damn face. But a person can make himself or herself a slave to sex by allowing it to become an obsession. Then... The mind degenerates to animal level. Notice that Caucasians encourage Negroes, their captives, to overindulge in sex because Caucasians know that unnecessary sex activities are more burdensome to those in captivity than those who are free because those in captivity have no scapegoat but themselves to transfer their pains to. In the Caucasians, he and she have their captives. 
put their shortcomings and pains upon. Hence, Caucasians beat and brutalized Negroes in the streets and in jail cells and behind prison walls and whenever and wherever they feel they need a goat to bear their cross of pain and suffering. That deep, that's that scapegoat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not on the scapegoat part, but this is driven by his sexual and her sexual impotency mm-hmm. and they sexual shortcomings as well. They failings in bed or the transference of negative energy that crop up after they have sex and the negative energies that build up, they're able to take out those frustrations on a race called the black race. Wow. <laughs> Shall I continue? Whereas the black black person can only come home and beat up his wife or yep. beat up his kids or shoot another brother on the street. He yeah, because we ain't got no scapegoat other than ourselves right. to put our pains and shortcomings on. That's right. That's your yeah. black on black cry. <laughs> yeah. Domestic violence shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Babylon. Eighteen. Um, Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say we're gonna make sure we're gonna, we're gonna ordain when the new laws of not eat the fully kick in. Every Nubian person gonna have a whipping boy. I'm game. I'm with it. Let's run it. I'm with that shit. Got to keep one in the house, right? Come home, just yeah. Drag that motherfucker out the closet and beat his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Even the children come home. Even our babies come home. And here, you you want you get you got some frustration. You want to get out today? Little poopy, whoop that motherfucker head. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Little loose neck. Even a little guy there. Even little AJ gonna goddamn be. Let me, let me get him. <laughs> let me let me remind you, Don. You see the new coven? Yes. That's what that was represented by that fat white bitch. Mm-hmm. She took her frustrations out on black people. Mm-hmm. That's why she had the need for torturing black people because she lived a frustrated fucking life. And so in this last episode, she said, she thought if she killed that black man that she would feel better. But it didn't work. Mm-mm. Yeah. Didn't change nothing. I mean, that's got to be tough, though, to be... Fr- Sex already reproduces negative energy. And then to go in it already with sexual frustration, like... The cracker man got a livid ass dick. The white lady cracker ain't got no rhythm. It's just everything. Just oh, yeah. Why you talking about a pussy? Why you, why you talking about the white man's dick? Why you talking about the white bitch pussy? Why you went to rhythm? Well, I ain't never been with a white woman. I'm man. just saying, so, though. Well, if you been with a white man, talking about his little dick. about that dog right there, right there. Tell me something about it that I can use in my knowledge kick. <laughs> 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 you didn't 
feel lost, nigga. No, <laughs> <laughs> so he's the Caucasian. His 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 God is the Hindus and all of them motherfuckers. So he understands how to keep the Negro completely out of his mind by constantly feeding it sex and homosexuality and all this other type of extra shit, strip clubs and everything else that it has to offer. So he knows that I may be losing my power and turning it over back to the six ether, which are your Indians, your Mongoloids, and your goddamn Phoenicians, but I will still be able to maintain and have control over the Negroes because the one thing I can get them on is sex. No matter if they think they got right knowledge, I could still defeat them with the sex force. And the sex force is in itself is pleasure. Absolutely, it which is also pain. After that, yeah. that's is when we get into the pendulum now. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's that pendulum because as long as they know that sex is on the bottom half of that circle, they can keep all Negroes enslaved or unintelligent, gullible, and fucking ignorant and, and dismissive because, mind you, the mind degenerates to an animal level. So it keeps them equal. Thus, you got a lot of black people yelling, they want to be equal to the Caucasian. You're already equal. You're a fucking animal. That's right. And that's all he want to do so that the animal can have something to feast on. Your children, you, and your wife. He can feast forever without having his power. He can still feast forever. He can still eat. And get his worship back on with the sun god of the East Indians and the Mongoloids. I'm with it, man. Shall we continue? Let us move on. 18. Another adverse result of sex is too many children. What happens if you cannot afford only three, but you have six? The answer is you must become dependent on someone to help you, and this keeps you in a form of mental and physical servitude, or your family goes destitute, of sufficient food, clothing, shelter, and education with no relief in sight. And this kills the hopes of rising to greater heights in life. Then that family usually pines away in ignorance, idleness, and uselessness to self and own kind. What we Ethiopian scientists are trying to make clear in this topic is this. In the normal course of nature, sexual urges will rise in male and female, and it is natural for us to satisfy these urges. But 
unnatural for us to create these urges with alcoholic drinks, excessive thoughts on sex, and following Mm. other Caucasian means of letting sex rule us instead of our minds of reason. Y'all want to dance on that or should I keep going? I mean, it's clear, but it's deep, though, okay. because, that, that you know what I'm saying, that we just got to do that as a people if we're going to have any goddamn thing. In other words, we just going to suffer unless we gain control of the sex. Duh. Yeah. 19. Increase in nine knowledge for us Ethiopians make us, nope, increase in nine knowledge for us Ethiopians makes our mind the ruler over all activities, including sex. And that makes our road to liberation straighter, quicker, and easier. Control over our sex as a race, one of the keys to our liberation. All the keys necessary to open the doors of our liberation, of course, are found and will be found in booklets, the nine ball, and also the Bible interpretation and explanation written by Anamudakata. Now, back. Sex is a great power. Sex is a great power which will work in our favor if we do not abuse and misuse it. Of course, the other great power is our brain. We must train these two great powers to work together by nature for our liberation and well-being. Each race has a personal serpent. Deep, ain't it? Each race has a personal serpent, and that personal serpent is our reproductive organs, male and female. In short, mental strength is in brain, and physical strength is in sex. We must learn how to coordinate these two great powers by learning and practicing the science called non-knowledge. The two great powers known as mind and sex are magnetic wand and power and success. So the two great powers known as mind and sex are our magnetic wand to power and success. Mm. The two great powers known as mind and sex are our magnetic wand to power and success. Okay, that's part of the formula. Yep. 20. Since mind is one of the great natural powers and sex is the other, the right use of these powers in their proper conditions would give us captive people a magnetic wand to work with a wand similar to mankind conduces I mean uh what does she call conduces, right? Yep. Which is a magic which is a magic wand. Let me rewind that shit. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Yeah, caduceus or caduceus, yes. Okay, let's do it again. Since mind is one of the great natural powers and sex is the other, the right use of these powers in their proper conditions 
would give us captive people a magnetic wand to work with, a wand similar to mankind caduceus, which is a magic wand of the cross, representing the powers of the dead. Our magnetic wand would be the circle, as such representing the powers of the living. Magnetic power nine is the power of the living, and magic power six is the power of the dead. The key to natural power is coordinating and controlling mind and sex. The key to natural power is coordinating and controlling mind and sex. All power is natural power. For there is no other existence but absolute nature and its products. The way to control mind, the way to control mind is with nine knowledge. And the way to control sex is with nine mind. And this is the coordination of the two. Mind is controlled by nine knowledge when the individual overstands and practices nine knowledge. And sex is controlled by nine mind when it is not overused, misused, or abused. This accomplishment means individual power for the one who governs him or herself this way and liberation power for the Ethiopian race. Anybody want to add? Should we move forward? Definition for caduceus. Oh, damn. Thank you, Fireline. That's the medical symbol of the day. That's the snake with the cross and the wings. The snake going up that uh, Mm -hmm. hole? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why they said it. Um, What do you say about the serpent? Each race has a personal serpent. And that personal serpent is our reproductive organs. Now, when you look at the medical symbol of the caduceus, the snakes, if you look at it real good, that's your DNA strand. That is the sex force. That is their magic wand. It's a DNA strand, the caduceus. Say what, newbie? Did you say something, honey? Ain't it called a double helix? Ain't it called a double helix, too? That's right. Yeah, but those are two DNA strands meeting, coming together. The two, yeah, coming up. Your serpent, your reproductive organs, genetics, DNA, reproduction. Okay. 21, a word to our Ethiopian females. Let me change it. A word to our bitches, black bitches. Listen closely. Being the natural attraction for the male, you are in a position to compel him to be a success. The male's desire to mate with the female who attracts him is a driving power, which the female can direct towards achievement by refusing to let the male copulate until he shows a degree of success, or at least until he demonstrates 
his determination and ability to succeed in life, 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 life. But if the female allows the male to make love to her whenever he desires, he usually gets lazy because he may find no particular reason why he should work so hard for success since his female does not seem to care if he succeeds or not. Too much sex makes people lazy and less able to do their best thinking and reasoning. Ethiopian queens require your Ethiopian male to be a natural provider as well as a natural lover. Taking heed to this paragraph is one thing our Ethiopian females can do for Ethiopian liberation and well-being. This note to Ethiopian males is for you. Make sure your female is African-minded and she keeps her hair natural and woolly and is dedicated to help in our fight for Ethiopian liberation and well-being mentally and physically. That's all you need to make Uh-oh. sure. Uh-oh. Uh-oh what? <laughs> the last part you read, make sure that she keeps her hair natural and woolly. Why do you say uh-oh? Uh-oh. She can't put a hat on it? She can put anything she wants. I'm just she saying. She can put a hat on top. A hat on. She can put some hair on top of it. She can do anything she wants. As long as it's right. naturally and woolly, her hair. As long as it's as not. As long as it's natural and woolly. And that's so interesting. So what the fuck else why will a nigga be bitching? That means the only thing you need to motherfucking make sure is uh, the bitch ain't got a uh, just-for-me perm in the refrigerator. <laughs> so we shouldn't hear no more shit out, out of you, Negroes. We, long as I have nappy, motherfucker, we can do anything else. We can do what we want to do. That's what he said. Make sure your female is African-minded and she keeps her hair natural and woolly and is dedicated to help in our fight for Ethiopian liberation and well-being, mentally and physically. That's easy. We do that anyway. We don't want the African-minded like the African-minded today, but... What's up? Because the African-minded motherfuckers over there on some goddamn... Sixteenth of ghost worship and... <laughs> and a whole bunch right. of other shit and homosexuality. Well, you gotta visualize and, how to do it. You probably huh? Okay. I'm gonna stop there because we got like ten minutes remaining left on the air and we'll continue non equality on the Don Nicoleon show on uh count three. Continue we'll go to non equality. Uh the moon day. What goes around, comes back around. Hey, my baby. What goes around, comes back around. Hey, my baby. Say what goes around, comes back around. Hey, my baby. What goes around, 
teacher sat by the seaside. It was about five o'clock because we heard the free ride. Anyway, the teacher was talking in stride, sitting upon a rock that was wide and warning against false pride. Come to where I reside, a woman cried, and the teacher replied, Do you serve your fish fried? Yes, she replied, with potato salad on the side. And the teacher replied, Well, where do you reside? She said, Up on the hillside, it's not a far ride. If you came to have dinner, I would be so gratified. The teacher replied, It's six o'clock, seven o'clock, you decide. She replied, Seven o'clock, do you like stir fried? She was mystified and felt so dignified. The teacher was coming to the house where she resides, so she purified with pesticides. Calling her friends up nationwide. Some of her friends were tongue-tied. They felt so glorified. She made steamed fish, baked fish, fish that was fried, soup, steamed vegetables, potato salad on the side. You could smell the bread in the oven far and wide. Natural juices and water purified. Organic fruits brought from the countryside. With silver forks and knives placed side by side. You could not be dissatisfied. Looking out the window staring at the mountainside, you would have died. 6.59, she's swollen with pride. As the moment intensified, there's a knock from outside. She opens the door, for the teacher has arrived. But to her surprise, it was a bomb who cried. Please, I smelt the bread from outside. One piece. And then she replied, the teacher is coming. He's soon to have arrived. You're making me look bad. Come on now, step aside. The bomb then replied, when I say I'm hungry, I haven't lied. Give me some of that chicken that you just fried. She replied, chicken fried? No, that's for the teacher. You're not purified. Then she slammed the door and went back inside. Sat on the couch with the TV guy. She looked at the clock. It was 7.09, then 7.30. He still hasn't arrived. 8 o'clock, she was on the downside. 9 o'clock, by now she's teary-eyed. She pissed off and her anger multiplied. She cried, then fell asleep dissatisfied. Next day, she woke up and was preoccupied with meeting the mystical teacher who lied. Where could he hide? She ran down by the seaside. He was there teaching about false pride. You lied, she replied. You lied. You said you would be there at 7 o'clock. You lied. He replied, no. Oh, I have not lied. I came at 6.59 and you told me to move aside. I asked for bread and chicken that was fried. And you said that I wasn't purified. She replied, I wasn't notified. I had no idea that you was the bomb that cried. And the teacher sighed, then replied, this concludes our lesson on false pride. The baddest bitch in El Colum. Bring absolute Yeah. 
Special Man. Welcome to the Don DeColeon Show, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed that first hour. That's a clip from 2014, January the 18th, man, entitled Don DeColeon, hosting Nefertiti Surviving the Game. Behind the nine ball, count three. Hell yeah. Great day to everybody over there uh, in the after party. That's our 24-hour voice-activated chat room. We do it all day, every day. Just go to Pal Talk. Install it on your phone or download it on your computer. Then, boom, sign up. Type in the search, the after party. You will find us right there, baby. You can mic up. You can do all that shit, man. So great day to everybody over the after party. Everybody on the call lines, special shout-out to you. Much blessings, prosperity, protection, and health to you and your family. It's official, baby. You need to call me a number. You can call in number, baby. Call in number is. You can also Skype in, too, if I'm not mistaken. But you Skype in, call in, uh, or ask for a link, and you'll be able to actually get in on the call line. So if you call, drop all this type of shit. But anyway, that ain't the point. The point of it is the phone number to call in to uh, WGAG Radio is 425-569-5274, and that'll get you in, baby. You want to talk, you got to hit that one button. I'll see your hand, and I'll open the mic for y'all, man. Great day once again to my peoples over there in the after party. Brother Sin 7, what's up, babe? My man Calvin, baby, it's good to see you. Ooh-wee, let me give you a big-ass hug. Great day to you. Hope all is well with you, man. One time for Brian O'Ryan. B.O. is in the building. Miss Hudson, great day to you. Special shout-out to J1 Jizzle, Sister X in the building. Y'all know it's official around here, man. Let me take my ass and uh, cross the street to holler at the cellmates over there on Lockdown Radio again. You already know we're streaming into YouTube. You just go to Lockdown Radio again. That is uh, one word, Lockdown Radio again on YouTube. You'll find us there. Special shout-out to everybody over there. Subscribe, like, hit the bell button, click all. That's when you'll be notified when we stream into this YouTube channel, Lockdown Radio again. Great day, Magic Man, Haru. Hope all is well with you, man. Mr. Somebody. I know somebody that knows somebody. How you doing, baby? The Barack Obama. Great day, baby. Mr. Charlie the Great over there in the building. Great day, Charlie. Let's shout out to my man, Quincy Thomas, Taekwondo. And one more time, man, I got to give a special shout out for the one and only Sister Zena in the building. All right, y'all, I got to move pretty fast because I got a lot of videos that I um, want to show y'all. Uh, let me go ahead and open up this cam real quick for uh, the folks over there in the after party. It's uh, after party. Goddamn, come on, shout out. Let me open up. Come on, baby, don't do me like this. Okay, here we go. Um, I don't know where to start first because y'all already know this is part 20, the CIA MK Ultra declassified, and I got to holler at the FBI Freedom of Information Act and get the aliens files and shit. But um, since I didn't actually go into detail how the FBI said that Nikola Tesla was a Venetian, even though I didn't have to read the fucking in the, uh, FBI files to know that shit, because these motherfuckers are too intelligent to be a white man, a human beast, 
So you had to, it's common sense that they had to come from somewhere the fuck else. Trust me. Trust me. You can't, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. So, all right, so um, um, let me see how I'm going to pull this shit off. First, because I got a lot of videos, okay? First, uh, somebody sent me this, so I'm going to share it with you guys. I'm going to get to the meat and potatoes later or the fruits and vegetables later. Okay, but right now, this is what happens when you stop eating, so they say, science-based. It's on YouTube. What happens when you stop eating? Science-based. It's uploaded by Gravity Transformation slash Fat Loss Experts and some old shit like that. How many of y'all actually fast, though? Uh, Well, I don't even know why I even asked y'all that shit. But anyway... um, so someone sent me this vid, and we're gonna uh, I'm gonna play it just because uh, they sent it, and maybe I can learn a, a little bit more. But I've been fasting for over twenty some goddamn years, so naturally, when people said I was fucking crazy, you need to eat this, you need to eat and all that stupid ass shit. Now everybody want to try some fasting, intermediate fasting, two hour fast and shit like that. All kind of crazy ass shit. Now they all into it. But anyway, here we go. Let's see what this video is talking about. Um, can y'all see it? Yeah, y'all can see it. Action. Your body begins a series of biological processes to digest and use the nutrients found in that food to help you repair muscle, create new cells, and even store some of the extra fuel as fat for later use. But it's not common knowledge that when you don't eat, your body enters a completely different series of biological processes that are just as necessary and beneficial as the processes that occur after eating. Of course, if you don't eat for long enough, the negative effects will start to outweigh the positive effects. But there are definitely myths and misconceptions about exactly what happens to your body when you stop eating. So today, I want to go over that process step by step based on the scientific evidence. And first, let's address the conventional advice, which would tell you that it's unhealthy to go for long periods of time without food. And I don't mean days or weeks. I'm talking about simply skipping meals. On the contrary, we've been told that we should eat small but frequent meals. The truth, however, is that there's nothing natural about eating five or six meals spread out evenly over the hours that you're awake every day. This is because throughout our evolution, we didn't always have access to food. So you could claim that a fasting and feasting eating cycle is actually more natural than eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. Due to the fact that our ancestors had to cope with cycles of food shortage and food abundance, we've developed to help us cope with prolonged periods without food. In fact, fasting for certain periods can actually benefit your health rather than hurt it. But it definitely doesn't feel that way because one of the first things that will happen when you stop eating is you'll start to feel an unpleasant feeling of hunger. Now, the intensity of this feeling of hunger highly depends on how accustomed your body is to burning fat for fuel. You see, most people regularly eat a high-carb diet, so their body relies primarily on glucose for energy instead of using fatty acids or ketone bodies. Your body has the ability to store a lot of fatty acids in the form of body fat, and those fatty acids can be used for energy at a later time when food is scarce by converting the fatty acids into ketone bodies in the liver. 
But with glucose, it's an entirely different story. Your body can only store a very limited amount of glucose in your muscles and liver for future use. And this amount gets depleted after fasting for only about 24 hours. But depending on how many carbs you eat regularly, it can take as little as eight hours or up to 48 hours. After that point, your body will have to rely on a different energy source in the form of fat. And if your body isn't effective at burning fat for fuel, this will likely lead to severe cravings, especially for high carb foods. Now, if you've trained your body to use fat for fuel by, let's say, following a low-carb diet, a keto diet, or you've gone through long-duration fasting in the past, then you won't experience the same severity of hunger cravings. In fact, many people that fast frequently don't experience hunger at all. This isn't only because their body is used to burning fat for fuel, but it's also because hunger levels increase at the times of the day that you normally eat. This is due to the hunger hormone ghrelin, which has the effect of stimulating your appetite when it's released. So during those first 24 hours that someone will stop eating, studies show that ghrelin will spike automatically for most people around the times of the day that they typically have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that spike will make you feel hungry. However, if you're someone that's already become accustomed to fasting every single day, you won't experience these sharp spikes in ghrelin during your fasting window, meaning you won't feel as hungry as someone that's used to more meals throughout the day. But even if you're used to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you should know that the data shows us that the spike in ghrelin is short-lived. If you just ride out that hungry feeling that you get, within about two hours from the initial spike in ghrelin, it should drop back down to normal levels and your appetite will drop down as well. Regardless, after about the first 24 hours, your body will burn through your remaining glycogen stores and switch almost entirely over to burning fat for fuel, which will slowly lead to weight loss. Since your brain primarily relies on glucose to function, your body will be able to separate triglycerides that come from your fat stores into glycerol and free fatty acids. While the free fatty acids can be used immediately for energy, the glycerol can be sent to the liver where it can be converted into glucose through a process known as gluconeogenesis. And that can temporarily supply the brain with the glucose it needs without breaking down muscle tissue just yet. Contrary to popular belief, your body will actually reduce its protein breakdown rates substantially after just 24 hours of fasting to try to prevent muscle loss during these initial stages. During this time, you will start to feel cold as well since your body temperature will be lower from not digesting food and a lower thyroid function. As you fast for more and more days, the pounds of fat lost will really start to add up. For example, we have a study on a 27-year-old man that didn't eat for longer than a full year. He did this under the supervision of doctors that had him living on multivitamins in combination with yeast for 382 days, and he only drank water, coffee, tea, and diet soda the entire time. During that time, his body weight went from 456 pounds to 180 pounds. So by not eating, he was able to lose about three quarters of a pound per day. Now, even though this is a crazy achievement, for the average person, doing something like this is extremely risky, and going 382 days without food can certainly lead to death. The man in this study was severely overweight, which is why he was able to survive by using all that excess fat for energy. And also, he was under the supervision of doctors that gave him the right supplements so he could survive. But for most people, after just a few days of not eating, you won't only be losing body fat, but you'll also lose a lot of muscle mass, especially if you're already relatively lean. That's because if you don't have a lot of fat, your body is more likely to convert protein into glucose through that same process as before, known as gluconeogenesis. 
Muscle loss shouldn't be as big of an issue until about 72 hours after you stop eating because during those first few days, your body will be able to get the energy and the glucose it needs mostly from your body fat. Your body will also ramp up your human growth hormone levels as an anti-starvation response. The growth hormone will assist with the release of the fat from fat cells, and it'll help stimulate fat oxidation in general. This also helps spare amino acids and preserve muscle mass during the first couple days that you're not eating. Of course, muscle loss can start happening even sooner than three days if you're already really lean, but on average, it'll take about three days. The longer time length that you go past those three days without food, the more your muscle loss will accelerate. For example, when a slightly overweight man only drank water for 44 days, by the end of his fast, he reduced his weight by 25%. This would have been an absolutely amazing outcome if at least two-thirds of that weight wasn't muscle loss. Now, going for some time without food not only impacts your body weight and your physical appearance, but the food deprivation will also set off a unique series of metabolic events. For example, after the first couple days, your body will also activate a sort of cellular cleanup process known as autophagy. Autophagy is like a recycling process where your body gets rid of the dead and dysfunctional cells and turns that waste into materials that can be used for growth and repair. This helps reduce inflammation throughout the entire body, which helps fight a number of diseases. These benefits will also extend to your skin cells, potentially slowing down wrinkles, age spots, and acne. Your immune system will also improve thanks to autophagy. Your body will produce brand new white blood cells, which will be stronger at fighting diseases. Unfortunately, these positive effects on your immune system will come crashing down when you go longer than just a few days without food. This is because not eating for a few weeks will slowly start to lead to malnutrition, and your body won't have access to the vitamins and minerals that it needs to maintain a strong immune system. This is why research shows that starvation increases the risk of infection. For example, the same man from before that lost mostly muscle by fasting for 44 days straight and only drinking water, he developed several nutrient deficiencies, including a deficiency in thiamine, riboflavin, and vitamin K. So a few days without food and your immune system is likely to get a boost, but a few weeks without food and you'll be much more susceptible to disease and infection. This is half true and half food, Your body will continue breaking Especially down with vitamin K fat, glucose, and even bones until it's forced to start slowing down or shutting down your organs to save energy. At this point, many of the opposite effects of autophagy have fully kicked in. For example, you can lose hair, develop brittle nails, have frequent infections, and have trouble healing wounds. Just like with autophagy, your brain will also go through a roller coaster ride during this process. When you fast for just a few days, there'll be a rise in the rates of neurogenesis in the brain, which is the growth and development of new brain cells and nerve tissues. Higher rates of neurogenesis have been linked to increased brain performance and improved memory, mood, and focus. While fasting, you'll begin producing more protein in your brain, and one of these important proteins is known as BDNF, which has been referred to as miracle growth for your brain. This protein assists with the production of new brain cells and even helps protect your current brain cells while improving memory and learning as well. Unfortunately, just like the other things that I mentioned, the longer you fast, the more these positive effects start turning into negative effects. If you don't eat for a long enough timeline to where your body has already broken down significant amounts of fat and muscle, it'll become harder and harder for your brain to function properly. Remember, your brain runs off of glucose, and without eating something, 
converting protein and fat into glucose through gluconeogenesis will only get you so far. At some point during the starvation cycle, if you go long enough without food, your brain will even metabolize its own gray matter, literally shrinking the size of the brain just to stay alive. Towards the end, your body will do this with your heart and your other organs as well. Ultimately, if you still don't eat, given enough time, you will die most likely from organ failure. Exactly how long this will take is unknown because it's unethical to study starving populations. Even though some sources estimate that you won't last longer than two months without food, it can take more or less time depending on how much body fat you have to spare for energy. So overall, not eating for a short time length ranging anywhere from 16 to 72 hours can be very beneficial for fat loss, productivity, immunity, and for your brain. But when you don't eat for longer than three days, you'll start to experience negative effects like muscle loss. And as you go for weeks or months without food, that's when everything from organs to muscles to bones to brains and your immunity all go rapidly downhill. So that about wraps it up. I really hope you guys were able to learn. Yeah, that really sucks, though. Um, I I don't disagree with it, but I disagree with it simply because, great day, Oshun, simply because they keep saying without food, as if you have to eat. However, the body or the cells itself has to work to break down your fucking food, right? It has to work to break down. So not that he should have, but Don DeColeon remedy is quite simple. What up, Brian? That you liquefy your meals. You know what I'm saying? If you liquefy your meals, you don't have to fast. And if you're eating lean, a.k.a. green, um, and basically fruits and vegetables, you know what I'm saying, that shit works anyway. You know what I'm saying? So when you think of, when I think of somebody saying go without food, I'm thinking all the food that kill you. So my mission is to go without food because food is Mr. White Man's bullshit. Food is like spaghetti. Food is like french fries food is like quesadillas tacos stupid shit like that that shit food hamburgers cereal macaroni and cheese and shit yeah that's food you need to go without that for the rest of your fucking life if it doesn't come from the earth you know what i'm saying from a tree or from a bush or from a shrub you need to stay the fuck away from it anyway. If it comes from a manufacturing company, you got to stay the fuck away from it. Yeah, so you don't need food. All you need is your fruits and vegetables. And if you liquefy that motherfucker instead of chewing and swallow, the vitamins are, are it's straight liquid. So it's going straight to all the major organs, the brain, um, you know what I'm saying, everything else. You know what I'm saying? So that's how you do it, you know what I'm saying, I went, what, 65 fucking days just drinking spinach and and beets and, and um, a whole bunch of shit, uh, celery, just drinking it, not eating it, so spinach, celery, kale, um, uh, carilla, spirulina, lemon, a whole bunch of shit, everything that came from, you know what I'm saying, that the sun touches, where you get the photo uh, synthesis from and shit. And 65 fucking days, man, 
65 days, and I would love to live off that again. Unfortunately, the lady that made all my juices and shit is in another state, but that's the point. And all that weight dropped, and no, I was not tired. My muscles stayed as well, sweet Oshun. My muscles stayed. I didn't lose anything. All I did is just liquefy. You know what I'm saying? And it's interesting that the doctors, he said that the doctors put homeboy on a liquid meal, on a liquid, liquid, coffee, tea, and um, and diet Coke, which I don't fuck with, no sodas. But he said coffee, tea, and diet Coke that the uh, fat-ass motherfucker was on, 400, 500, 600 goddamn pounds. But yet they fed him vitamins, you know what I'm saying, intravenously. You know what I'm saying? So they gave him shots of all the vitamins, but kept them on, um, you know, coffee, soda, and tea, diet soda. But liquids is the key. So you just no longer become addicted to chewing and fucking swallow because basically it's all about taste. People want to taste. That's part of their lower lower senses any goddamn way. They just want to taste. I'm going to tell you something funny, too, because my mom's sugar was high as fuck, right? And um, and um, I heard about it through the grapevine, you know, that her sugar was high and all this other stupid shit. But anyway, so, you know, she started to juice uh, and, and do her smoothies, make her smoothies and shit. And she added in the kelp that I sent her and all that other type of shit. She added in the lemon you know what I'm saying, um, and a whole bunch of other shit. So make a long story short, she, she she was she was doing it good for like two weeks, right? So make a long story short, my mama, man, she ended up going to the gas station where she just swell got the best fried chicken. I don't understand why people eat at gas stations. But she ended up getting her some fried chicken, right? And, I, and um, she said, and I fucked up when I got the fried chicken. But here's what she said. She said, all I should have did was chew that bitch and spit that motherfucker out instead of swallowing it. Chew it because she said, all I wanted was the taste. I said, well, goddamn, you ain't that fucking stupid. At least you know that you all, all she wanted to do was taste it. You know what I'm saying? So anytime, so I said to myself, damn, that's what I'm going to start goddamn doing. If I got a taste off of my lower senses, I'm just going to chew that bitch and spit that motherfucker out because it's really all about taste. That food that's out here is all about fucking taste and addiction. You just want that. You want to put that bitch on your tongue and chew it. You really don't want to swallow it. Trust me. That shit there kill you. And then you get back addicted to it. All right. Um, uh, counterculture, real quick. This is another video that was sent. Counterculture was created slash manufactured part one. The Seed Sower is uploaded by the elect deceived Matthew 2424. Check this shit out. Anger, gonna cry out in pain. Gonna sing out and cry out until it... Okay, Billy Roy, some ice. Now, I looked up that name... Uh, it comes from the Austrian language, and basically it means sowing seeds. It ties into the Latin form, seminar, seminar. Uh, you get English words like seminary, 
place where there's seeds sown. You even get uh, a relationship to human reproduction. All right. So Billy Roy is a seed sower. Now, this is about the manufacture of the counterculture. Now, when I say manufacture, I am referring to the fact that the controllers can manufacture something. And indeed, they manufactured an entire movement that we now look back on and we call it counterculture. So you're observing something that would be shown on television around 1965, and that would be uh, just about the time when they are starting to really manufacture uh, this movement called the counterculture. So counterculture will get in full swing in another year or two, uh, but right now it's in its early stages. It's in its seed stages. So Billy Roy in this particular episode represents the one who's going to create counterculture. So as you might imagine, this is an example of Hegelian dialectics. By that I mean there's a thesis and there's an antithesis or antithesis. And you take the thesis as well as the antithesis or antithesis, clash them together. And out of that clash then comes a synthesis or a way of moving society in a certain direction. So he's going to come into this uh, very pure show, which was called Gidget. Which was basically a pretty pure show aimed at young ladies, starring a young Sally. Y'all got to understand, this is back in the 60s. So this is all connecting the dots with your MK Ultra declassified files that we've been doing where they discuss how can they get someone to lose their ethics or their ethnics, um, their morals, all of that. All of that was encoded in us, you know what I'm saying? So basically our culture, you got it? And so they started the counter culture, similar to counter your intelligence, co-intelpro, all that type of shit, right? Got it. Y'all clear? So this is how, so this goes back to the late 50s going into the 60s, which is now you don't even know you have a culture. It's gone. And to move you into the way they want you to move about on this planet without some type of moral, morality, morals, principles, all this type of shit, man, and and your own customs and traditions and plus your own culture, and the root word for culture is cult, to cultivate. Now we're cultivating something totally different. 
We're in a whole nother cult, which is sick and wicked and fucked up. So here we go. Um, this is the Gidget. So let's rewind it back. Um, He's going to come into this uh, very pure show, which was called Gidget. which was basically a pretty pure show aimed at young ladies starring a young Sally Field, who, as we probably well know by now, all the female stars are really males. (laughs) So this is where Sally Field will begin to get her fame in this television show called Gidget. So right now... This gentleman is going to come into this particular episode as a man with some of the answers to the youth, namely, whatever the current situation is promotes the opposite. And that's basically what counterculture was, was the opposite of the norms of society. So he sits on a motorcycle And that ties in with the James Dean image of the rebel without a cause. And he's got some folk music. And he's always singing about something that he's upset about and wants to change. So guess who's going to be taken in by this? record is just a rut that goes round and round in circles. But sometimes, when its message gets through, it can spin you into orbit. That's what happened to me. You see, every generation has fought against tyranny and justice wherever they found it, striking out against the moral diseases of their time. It suddenly became obvious to me that my generation needed awakening. You know, that term is used a lot right now about an awakening. And what I'd like to do is substitute an alternative term, and the alternative term I would substitute is discernment, that the generation needs a discernment about truth and error. And, of course, keep in mind now this show is probably broadcast 1965-1966, and its purpose is to begin to create that movement called the counterculture. And so you're allowed inside of the head of Gidget, really played by a very young actor, not actress, uh, Sally Field. Someone to lift a torch to light the way. All I needed was a mission. A mission? Protest. Eternal vigilance.
Okay, wake the sleeping masses and get them to do what? To carry signs in protest. Now, you have to understand something, that you've been taught that protesting can help. You've been taught that carrying a sign out in front of a certain company, uh, protesting their policies or something, is going to change things. What you don't realize is that the entire system is run by people who do not take any orders from the public. Their orders come in the hidden system of, we might refer to the pyramid, the pyramid structure, whereby they are under the authority of evil powers and those evil powers rule over them so that if you go on up in the pyramid structure you will find individuals who are completely completely dedicated to the evil one or the devil so in this episode i'm going to try to discuss a little bit about the counterculture creation and also make some insights on um, our current situation. So once again, I'd like to thank you for watching this video and I hope to add and have a few more videos along this same lines. Thank you for watching. Well, he did come out with part one, two, and three, and four. I'm not getting into that shit. He talks too slow and he's not getting to the point for me. But you might want to watch part one, uh, part two, part three, part four, and see where he goes with this um, counterculture was created. This goes back all the way back to ending into leaving the 50s, going into the 60s. These motherfuckers had a plan the whole damn time. Whole damn time, baby. All right, wait. I'm going to give you this real quick, and damn, I hope this motherfucker is in. Nope, is it English? Let's see. ¿Cómo se sentía al ser el hombre más this shit ain't in English, but this is a Nikola Tesla documentary. This shit is important. Too bad it's not in English. Um, and you already know who this guy is here. So I'm going to take y'all to, um, damn, where I'm going to take you. Um, um, okay, let's go back in the past real quick. Even Damn. Is that, does that bitch say eight hours and 17 minutes, or does this bitch say eight minutes and 17 seconds? God damn it. Um, what we found out about psychology and race, not sure if this worth anything, but this was also given to me. And you can look at the, the, the footage. You can tell it was old. This is Dr. Edwin Nichols. Let's see if he whose side he's on. Uh, good evening. How are you? All right. I want to thank you very much for inviting me to be with you to share concepts and ideas. Okay, good. This bitch is just eight minutes long. All right. Hopefully, y'all can bear with us through this, and let's see. I've never seen the video. This is my first time. I like to waste time only on the Don Nicoleone show. I don't know if is, uh, is the voice transitioning up. Can you hear me in the back at all? 
It needs to be louder. Well, they're working on that. All right, let's see how is that better. Okay, uh, how's that? Is that better? Okay. What I want to do today is uh, I want to share some concepts and ideas with you. And so I want you to take this piece of paper that says, that's going to give a lot of feedback. Or, no? Okay. Um, the, um, leave this one on too. Okay. All right. Take philosophical aspects of cultural difference. This is going to be our worksheet for tonight. In the United States, we have people that are from different ethnic groups. That's the first column. People from the different ethnic groups come from Europe, Africa, Asia, and the Native Americans. The concept of worldview means people who had a single historical event that changed everything for them. They were forced to speak a different language and forced to convert to a different religion. Hispanics comprise a collective of people who share a common world view. They were subjected to colonial Spain, they were forced to speak Spanish, and forced to convert to Catholicism. To be Hispanic is not race-specific. You can be white, Hispanic, black, Hispanic, Native American, Hispanic. You can be Jose Wong and still be what? Yes. All right. Now, <clears throat> the other part of this is to be Hispanic is not contingent upon nationality. You can be Hispanic and come from Argentina, or from Chile, or from Nicaragua, or Cuba, or Texas, or New York. But if your history says you were subject to colonial Spain, forced to speak Spanish, forced to convert to Catholicism, then you are, by that definition, sharing a common worldview, and you are Hispanic. Now, Hispanic is also a political designation. And we need to be clear on that, too. You see, everything has an overt statement and a covert agenda. And in order to survive, you have to listen to the covert statement to be very clear that there is a covert agenda. See, there's the overt statement here on top. That's what's said. But what is actually being done is the covert agenda to be carried out. So while you say, well, we want to know who these people are, you have to ask yourself, why do they want to know? They didn't want to know before. If you were Mexican-American, you were classified as white by the Treaty of Guadalupe. Okay? But you weren't treated as white. But in Texas, when it got to be one-third black people voting, one-third white voting, then the Mexican-American vote was very important because this could shift the balance. So you need to know how many there were, where they were, how much money they made, and welcome to the Republican Party. Okay? So what I'm saying with you, it is a device by which we know the economic status 
and we know the political status of a group of people that are classified with this nomenclature. Now the next three columns are classical philosophical disciplines. The first one is axiology. Please say it. Axiology. Axiology is the study of value. Value. Axiology is the study of what? Good. The next subject is epistemology. Say it. That epistemology asks the question, how do you know knowledge? There's those people who don't work out, who don't have... How do you know knowledge? How do you know things? That's epistemology. Logic asks the question, how do you reason? Now, since you read the materials that I'm a psychologist, the question is why don't I talk about the psychological aspects of cultural difference rather than the philosophical. So you want to be clear on that. When we use our own disciplines, our focus is too narrow. So what we want to do is we want to expand, and the mother science is philosophy. Now, if I just use my discipline, psychology, I'm a psychologist. I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm a psychoanalyst with advanced training at Zurich, Switzerland. So you see that vision of the world is very narrowly focused. Now, of course, since I'm the analyst, what does that make all of you? <laughs> they show patients, doesn't it? You stick, you need treatment, therapy. Yes, okay. I see that's too narrowly focused. Now let's try it differently. Let's see what happens if someone is an accountant, auditor, tax auditor for the IRS. What does that make all of you? Four. <laughs> okay. Now, you see that those visions are too narrowly focused because that's how you get isms, and that's how you get um, I am the good and you're the aberration from. I'm the correct, you're the wrong, I'm the good, you're the bad. Those are stereotypes. And that's how it's done when we're too narrowly focused with our own discipline. Now, what I want to do is I want to use the mother science. So now let's take a, what, what does mother science force us to do? It forces us to examine essences, and how does that work? Well, I have a silly game that I've devised, and if we play that, then it'll be very clear. It has three steps. Step one, you're to close your eyes. Step two, I ask you to envision a specific noun. And step three, I ask you to open your eyes, and we, then we discuss it. All right, step one, close your eyes. Now, if your eyes are open, you're paranoid, okay? Step two, envision a chair, a chair. Perhaps even your favorite chair. Step three, open your eyes. Now, if we had taken a polarized snapshot of what each person had seen, all of them would be what? Yet if we collected all of them and gave them to any person in the room, each of you would be able to identify each of the pictures as they want. How is that possible? Because you have understood the essence of chairness and you would never confuse it with a what? Table, you see? So what I'm getting at is what are those very essential factors for difference? 
and I'm using the mother science philosophy to try to ascertain them. My belief system says that for Europeans, the highest value for them is in subject-object, member-object. So the important factor then is the external, the object. That's the highest value. Now, when you make a statement like that, you need some data to back it up. So let's look for some epidemiographic data that corroborates that construct. If a person says that their highest value is in the object, then you can understand what happened in 1929 when there was a crash. Many people lost everything, but significant numbers of white males did what? Yes, because they had lost that which for them was the object of highest value. What happened in 1970, there was an automotive industry that said, if you have worked for us for 30 years or more, that was the first of your life retired. These were 50-year-old men, and for the first time in their lives, they would be without a job. But they had homes paid for, cars paid for, retirement benefits, health benefits, human benefits, everything you would imagine. But after the 1st of July, they would not have a job. So within six months after they were uh, in forced retirement, significant numbers of white males simply began to die. We didn't understand why they were dying. I was working with the National Institute at that time, and our boss came in and said, do something. We said, yes, of course. Now, what did we do? Well, we, of course, began to study. We formed a commission, and we studied the issue. What did we come up with? The findings were that these men did not use their creative, their leisure time creatively. So how are you going to resolve that? Well, down. I'm just a talking, and y'all didn't hear me. Okay, so did y'all get that part? Um, they associated themselves in the 1970s when the automotive uh, company told them everybody that worked for 30 years, you're forced to uh, retire. And they associated themselves, these white males, with, um, thank you, Patrice, um, with, um, with, um, with, they had, what they say, their homes was paid off, their cars was paid off, but they associated themselves only with the job. So then they began to die, okay? Then what did he say after that? He said some shit like, so at his company, they wanted to figure out what the fuck was going on. And what they find out was that the fact that they, these white males did not use their creative time leisurely to create a whole nother dynamic for themselves. So because they didn't have no job, they basically committed suicide. They was attached to the job. That's why nothing external matters. What we said was, go to the... Let me wind it back. Member object. So the important factor then is the external, the object. That's the highest value. Now, when you make a statement like that, you need some data to back it up. So let's look for some epidemiographic data that corroborates that construct. If 
a person says that their highest value is in the object, then you can understand what happened in 1929 when there was a crash. Many people lost everything, but significant numbers of white males did what? Yes, because they had lost that which for them was the object of highest value. What happened in 1970? There was an automotive industry that said, if you have worked for us for 30 years or more, Texas is first to July, you retired. These were 50-year-old men, and for the first time in their lives, they would be without a job. But they had homes paid for, cars paid for, retirement benefits, health benefits, union benefits, everything you would imagine. But after the 1st of July, they would not have a job. So within six months after they were uh, in forced retirement, significant numbers of white males simply began to die. We didn't understand why they were dying. I was working with the National Institute at that time, and our boss came in and said, do something. We said, yes, of course. Now, what did we do? Well, we, of course, began to study. We formed a commission, and we studied the issue. What did we come up with? The findings were that these men did not use their creative, their leisure time creatively. So how are you going to resolve that? Well, what we said was go to the community mental health, go to the community centers and learn how to do something creative. Now these are 50 year old men working with a ball of clay in the community mental health, in the community center. It didn't work, didn't it? Some of them went to your mother's kitchen for the idea of helping to get the wretched place in order, bring it into clarity and order. It didn't work either. Some were mysteriously found murdered because they were meddling in the kitchen too long. But we don't know what happened to them. But others simply went out and got another one. Did that job pay as much money or more? It was just the object. Now, is object only materialism? The answer is no. Power, control, and authority are objects. Now, does it make sense to you in terms of why there's a brutality with police? Because they want to make sure that they maintain the what in any kind of in a situation with you. They want the power. That for them is the object. Okay? Now let's go to the next one. For us as blacks, for those that are Hispanic, those that are Arab, the highest value lies in the relationship between people. So if the highest value is between people in the relationship, it says people in this culture see themselves to each other to be what? Equal. If we are equal and you do something to treat me as less than equal, you have treated me with what? Yes. What do we call that in black English? There you got it. But what happens to people who did? Yes, they do. You see? See what's going on? Highest values in the relationship. If you do something to treat me as less than equal, you've destroyed the relationship because you have disrespected me. Now let's go back to our European counterpart where the highest value is in the object. If the highest value is in the object and I have all of the object, and you cannot physically take one from me, but you need it to survive the winter. How must you act towards me to have access to this resource? You must be what to me? No. Subservient, subordinate, so we develop a hierarchy. You see the hierarchy that has to be 
Y'all hear this shit? Man, these motherfuckers taking it slow for the laymans. Y'all hear this shit? Can y'all see it? Can y'all, y'all watching the video, man? Don't make me waste my time. But this is good, though, because I'm going to share this one with my daughter. She'll, she'll, hopefully she'll get it. You know what I'm saying? The, the Europeans consider the objects, and they hold all the objects, and you have none. The non-European, which are the blacks, Hispanics, the Arabs, sees people as objects, as in relationships, and we are equal until you treat me less than that, and that will be a form of disrespect. But take the European again on the Europe, on the European side, he got all the objects, and you just need it for the winter time. But you're less than them, so what do you? How do you act to get the resource, or to be given the resource that the European has? How do you act? You have to be subservient <laughs> to even get that shit. Creating a hierarchy. Relationship. It says people in this culture see themselves to each other to be one. Equal. If we are equal and you do something to treat me as less than equal, you have treated me with what? Yes. What do we call that in black English? There you got it. Disrespect. Who did? Yes, they do. Do you see? See what's going on? High stars in the relationship. If you do something to treat me as less than equal, you've destroyed the relationship because you have disrespected me. Now let's go back to our European counterpart where the highest value is in the object. If the highest value is in the object and I have all of the... So that's interesting. So he's basically saying the non-white people, the highest value in object is people, is relationships. And the European, the Caucasian, highest value is in objects. And they got all the fucking objects. <laughs> While you got all the goddamn people, they got all the objects that you and the motherfucking people need. The object. And you cannot physically take one from me, but you need it to survive the winter. How must you act towards me to have access to this resource? You must be what to me? No. Subservient, subordinate. So we develop a hierarchy. You see the hierarchy that has to develop? You are subordinate to me, someone is subordinate to you, and so forth. You have a hierarchy. Now, let's see what the difference is between the two. If you have a hierarchy, because I have the object, you know what? I am fucking wrong. This video is eight hours long, y'all. <laughs> this video is eight hours. This man, Lord have mercy, eight hours. We're going to have to take it to the after party. This is eight hours. Then I can control your behavior and you. If I want you said I can control you. Let me take it back just a bit. They want the power. That's for them. How long? I went back too far. Okay. If the highest value is in the object and I have all of the objects, 
and you cannot physically take one from me, but you need it to survive the winter. How must you act towards me to have access to this resource? You must be what to me? No. Subservient, subordinate, so we develop a hierarchy. You see the hierarchy that has to develop? You are subordinate to me, someone is subordinate to you, and so forth, you have a hierarchy. Now, let's see what the difference is between the two. If you have a hierarchy, because I have the object, then I can control your behavior and you. If I want something done, if we were in Germany, and I need a marker or metal piece of paper up here, I would say, now, we have Hans and Fritz right here, Hans and Fritz. Hans outranks Fritz, I outrank Hans. I would say to Hans, Hans, steh auf, holt mich doch ein Stück Kreide. Hans, get up, give me a piece of chalk. Hans would jump up and go get it, wouldn't he? If he had enough time, he would yell to Fritz, Fritz, hast du nicht gehört, was Nichols gesagt hat? Didn't you hear what Nichols said? And Fritz would look out the other. Now let's see what happens when you're in a situation where people see themselves to be what? Equal. All right. Now let's see the young black brother right here. What's your name? Aaron. Aaron. All right. Aaron is black. I am black. We see ourselves to be what to each other? Even though I outrank him, he expects me to treat him as what? I know. Let's Equal. see what happens if I act with Aaron the same way. That nigga saying we see each other as black, but even though I outrank your ass. You still see us as equal. <laughs> I'm enjoying this shit. I'm sorry, boys and girls. This might put you niggas to sleep, but this shit here got me interested. Karen, get up off your bike. You know, women, man, I don't play that. You see? Because the perception is I was not treating him as equal. I was treating him with what? Yes. Are you beginning to see now how important it is to understand what the axiologies are? Put this in the context of your job. How people treat you at work. See, they say uh, in, in white culture, you tell people what to do. In black culture, you have to what? See how easily spontaneous it comes? See? Because if we are equal, you ask. If we are in rank order, then you tell. Now, I share these things with you because... Did y'all hear that? White, in white culture, they tell people what to do. In our culture, we ask people what to do. <laughs> we ask them if they could do it or not. Can you please send that to me first thing in the morning? Thank you. Can you? Can you? Can you? Working as a black man with white people umpteen years, I've had my feelings very, my jaws been very tight on many occasions. In spite of the fact that I intellectually knew this, I still felt differently. You see? Because when people start yelling and hollering at me, I just get an attitude. That's what they say. It's not an attitude. It is that they are attacking my axiology. What is axiology again? Does anybody um, remember that? What is axiology? Uh, values. I think axiology is values. Hold on. Hopefully the computer let me look it up. Axi, axi, axiology. Axiology. Hold on. Axiology. 
He said, and what did he say? Then, nah, this was a long time ago. He said when they start snapping at them, and, and, and it's the, yeah, value. Yeah, it's it's the nature of value. Yeah. Yeah, axiology is value. And so they saying that this nigga, they'll step back and say he getting an attitude. He said, no, nah, you are attacking my axiology, my values. What are you talking to me, bitch? <laughs> You are better than I am. Who do you think you are? I have a PhD, you got one too. So what? Even if I didn't have one, it doesn't matter. You treat me as a person. But of course, in the other culture, it is rank order. Whoever rank has what in European culture? Power and privilege. That's the way it is. And so what I'm sharing with you is that these are devices to help you to be more comfortable in the working environment and to understand what is operating. Also, it's the highest values in the relationship. We work constantly throughout the day to establish the relationship. How do we do it? Good morning. Hello. How are you? I came up here. I got a big hug. Okay. We are constantly working to maintain the relationship. Now, if you're working in an office and you walk by somebody's office, the door is open. What do you say? Hi. Come back by. What do you say? Hi. Go back by. Can't wait to say hi. At the time you walk by and don't say anything, what does the other person say? Because we have to constantly reinforce the relationship. Now, how many times have you walked down the hall, break your face to somebody white and say, hello, and they walk right on by you? And you get mad. Oh. Hey, this is good, though. I'm going to drop this link. It's on YouTube, though, but I got to move on now. But this shit is really freaking good. Okay, so um, I'm going to pause that shit. I might use it for the man of the hour. This shit, eight fucking hours long. I could have sworn. And he goes into it good. I'm going to read some of the comments on YouTube. Critical slavery knowledge. They prefer we don't know. Highly appreciate it. Um, this is Dr. Edwin Nichols, by the way. Um, uh, what a phenomenal message, blah, blah, blah. All right, I'm 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 gonna say that later, right there, shit. All right, now, meaning motherfucking potatoes. I'm going into the FBI files regarding my boy. Uh, wait, first, this is one of the FBI files, and the CIA also declassified the extraterrestrial involvement, right? So I post a lot of it on Facebook, a lot of these articles and shit like that. Uh, oh, you want the link, uh, she doc of that eight-hour, um, uh, the eight-hour uh, of Dr. Edwin? You want it? Hold on. Now I got to find it again. The, 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 the family. No, that's my other one. Okay, I'll give you the link, babe. And maybe you can sum it up for us lazy-ass motherfuckers. Copy. Hey, if I watch X-Files, like, for five hours straight, surely I could watch this one, right? Okay. I got you. All right, here's the link. Anybody else want the link? Uh, Let me know. All right, so this is one of the FBI files. Um, This is in the FBI files. Some of y'all already know that the CIA released the extraterrestrial files even on their site, CIA.gov site. But FBI had a hand in it, too, so they have their own um, files that's been declassified. This is how they were able to get the Vile Thor, for some of y'all who knows, 
back in the 60s with Eisenhower, all the information, Hollywood was able to take it and, and dramatize it and play it out where um, Val Thor, Jill, and Tanya shows up at the White House and boom, to Eisenhower. And um, how they were able to show that Dick Cheney, not Dick Cheney, sorry, Richard Nixon, a.k.a. President Richard Nixon, who was also vice president at the time, um, was actually a reptilian. Um, And all this is in the FBI files that's declassified, and I got some CIA shit too. But, um, all right. So in this FBI file, this particular one, FBI declassified file, in the report it confirms the existence of giant aliens, okay? Everybody clear? It confirmed the existence of giant aliens. This goes right hand in hand with your what? With your holy Bible, boys and girls. In Genesis. The genealogy of Isis, right, where it says, and there were giants in those days, Nephiliums, those that have come down. Yes or no? Does that sound familiar? Or y'all don't fuck with that Bible too much? Well, it's in there, goddammit. So the, the whole Bible basically is E.T. It's all extraterrestrial. You know what I'm saying? Sadly, but the spell of religion got everybody thinking of God and stupid shit like that, and and dumb shit like that, and commandments and stupid shit. But they all extraterrestrials in the Bible, starting from this one motherfucker in the beginning was the word, and the word was with an extraterrestrial. And this craft hovered upon the face of the deep. It wasn't a spirit. It was the craft. It was a ship. So in the FBI declassified a report confirming the existence of giant aliens, that's in your Genesis, by the way. Um, this is the Memorandum 6751. It's a U.S. document, document dated July 8, 1947. That date should sound very familiar to some of you motherfuckers. Okay, 1947, July. The rest of y'all motherfuckers don't understand that date, then, hey, you'll get it later. All right? Now, that, okay, so the memorandum 6751, and we got to get our hands on the fucking files, man, the ET files. Uh, memorandum 6751 is a U.S. document dated July 8th, 1947, that was declassified and disclosed to the public from the FBI archives. The memorandum acknowledged the existence of alien presence. we got to get our hands on the memorandum. Now, former FBI officer John DeSouza, that name should sound familiar to some of you motherfuckers if you've been paying attention to um, Unacknowledged, uh, Above Majestic, and sadly enough, Netflix took it down, the UFO declassified. They got some other bullshit up there and it's garbage. So every time I kept telling y'all, check it out on Netflix, UFO declassified, that shit gone. They got something else in replace of it. So that documentary with a lot of the motherfuckers, the former FBI officer, John DeZosa, he authored a book entitled The Extra Dimensionals, Dimensionals, Dimensions, The Extra Dimensionals, True Tales and Concepts of Alien Visitors. This is your former FBI. Okay? Got it? John DeZosa. 
right. But anyway, uh, it points to the memorandum as a significant document in UFOlogy. All right. So the document guarantees that a very serious situation regarding flying saucers can develop at any moment, which suggests that this may cause panic and distrust of people towards aliens. Now, the anonymous source also explains how flying saucers work. He mentions that some of the disks are piloted. Others are remotely controlled. The author of the material also claims that the mission of these UFOs is peaceful, and we've heard that so many times, right? Well, depending on if you watch what we watch, um, these documentaries, with some of these former FBI agents and military personnel, says damn near they 90s now coming out telling it. All right, so flying discs, much like. So the reports claim that travel is something. Something. Um, the author of the material also claims that the mission of these UFOs is peaceful, but that they have the ability to defend, to defend themselves against human weapons in different ways. The report claims that travelers are human-like, but much larger. Flying disc-shaped planes with some kind of radiant energy or lightning that will quickly destroy any intruder. Noting the surpassed maneuverability of these objects, an unnamed professor assures that aliens are able to enter the etheric body at will. Let me stop there. Able to enter the etheric body at will. Now, anybody have a clue or an idea what the fuck is an etheric body? And not only that question, but one more how can you enter an etheric body at will? If you know the answer to what is an etheric body, and if you, un, if you know the steps how to enter in, into an etheric body, then why are you not doing it now? Okay, let's move on. A lot of the steps, y'all, is in the man of the hour classes. But all right, so... And it's interesting that he said this shit, though. You know what I'm saying? That they can enter the um, etheric body at enter the etheric body at will, disappearing from human vision. So now um, they says, although much of the information contained in this document is extremely detailed, there are some inconsistencies. First, the absence of the name of its author, which they don't get that the FBI do that. Although he claims to have several diplomas and that he was the head of the university department, another fact is that the FBI prepared the document and it is not the original that is being investigated. No shit. Unlike early Roswell stories, this file refers to living beings, living beings much larger than humans. In addition, they supposedly can live in another dimension and also in another world, which is true. You also do. However, the author of the article never mentioned how he collected all the information from this point on, blah, blah, blah. Here's the memorandum of 6751, okay, of FBI files. And let me enlarge the file so we get our own files from the FBI. All right, so... Ooh, ooh, wait, did it wrong. Hold on. Let me enlarge the file again. All right. 
This is what it says. Um, Sandy, okay, it's the round robin, the flying roll. San Diego, California, July 8th, 1947. A memorandum of importance. This memorandum is respectfully addressed to certain scientists of distinction to important astronautical, no, aeronautical. This memorandum is respectfully addressed to certain scientists of distinction to important aeronautical and military authorities, to a number of public officials, and to a something publications. The writer has little expectations that anything of importance will be accomplished by this gesture. The more fact that the data herein were obtained by so-called supernatural means is probably sufficient to ensure its disregard by nearly all the persons addressed. Nevertheless, it seems a public duty to make it available. The present writer has several university degrees and was formerly a university department head. A very serious situation may develop at any time with regard to the flying saucers. If one of those should be attacked, the attacking plane will almost certainly be destroyed. In the public mind, this might create near panic and international suspicion. The principal data concerning these crafts is now at hand and must be offered no matter how fantastic and unintelligible it may seem to minds not previously instructed in thinking of this type. You already know that the majority of the masses during that time and still during this time that um, they are unintelligent. And what it say, it may seem to the minds not previously instructed in thinking of this type because the majority of the masses is instructed to think about God, okay? That's what they're thinking, right, even today, about God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, Allah, Brahma, all the rest of them motherfuckers, right, not aliens, not extraterrestrials. So... They got them thinking on religion. That's the point, on worshiping, which is important, because if you worship one thing, you'll worship everything. All right, so here we go. One, part of the disc-carrying crews, others are under remote control. Two, their mission is peaceful. The visitors contemplate settling on this planet. Three, those visitors are human-like but much larger in size. Four, they are not excarnate earth people but come from their own world. Five, they do not come from any planet as we use this word. Um... Maybe that ain't the word used, as we something the word. Okay, so they do not come from any planet 
as we probably use this word, use the word, but from in uh, but from other planet which interpenetrates with our own and is not perceptible to us. Six, the bodies of the visitors and the craft also automatically materialize on entering the vibratory rate of our shit matter. It says something matter. Um, damn, I can't make it out. Um, I know it ain't dark matter, but something matter, okay? What up, Elijah? All right, so number seven, the disc possess a type of radiant energy or ray which will easily disintegrate any attacking ship. They re-enter the... Oh, older, other I don't know what that is, ulterior at will. And so simply disappear from our vision without trace, maybe. Not sure. Um, number eight. You liking this shit so far? Number eight. FBI, declassified. Aliens. The region from which they come is not the astral plane, but corresponds to the oh shit, but corresponds to the lokes or talus or lakes. I'm not sure. Lokes or talus. Students on oh, this is esoteric. Okay, students of. Esoteric matters will understand these terms. Woohoo, y'all hear this shit? Whoever they writing to, you probably won't get it. The etheric plane, the astral plane, right? So he says students of esoteric matters will understand these terms. Number nine, they probably cannot be reached by radio, but indexed or something um, probably can be by radar if a signal system can be devised from the apparatus, maybe. Um, we give information and warning and can do no more. Uh, lots, lots, lots of newcomers been treated with every kindness unless the discs are withdrawing a, can't make it out, y'all, a something, something with which our culture and science are incapable of, shit, I don't know, incapable of, um, it's the last letter is L-I-N-G, incapable of something. A heavy responsibility rests upon the for an authority who are able to understand this matter. Addendum. The locus, locus are oval-shaped, fluted, fluted something, San Diego, California. Fluted length, um, oval with a heat-resisting metal or alloy, not yet known, 
The front edge contains the controls. The middle portion is a lavatory. The rear contains armament, um, which consists essentially of a powerful something energy apparatus, perhaps a ray something, and that's about as far as it can go. I can go with that. All right, so I'm just signing these. Uh, I subscribe to some of these motherfuckers who can, who actually has the the files, the FBI files. And damn, it'd be good if we get a hold, our hands on the FBI files um, with these ETs. So yeah, it's a known fact in this letter written uh, as a memorandum that yeah, these homeboys, uh, the memorandum six seven five one. Now. I'm going to take y'all to another one. and um, I ain't got no video of this bitch, so let me go to, uh, let me go to, uh, damn, where's Nikola Tesla? So we can read his. Um, I'm a, damn, I thought I pulled it up. thought I pulled Nikola Tesla up, bruh. Hold on. Let me find Nikola Tesla. Oh. Oh, here we go. All right, because the video about him is in Spanish or some shit. All right, so here's the FBI file. Um, well, this is a wait, 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 wait. He explained the Tesla engineers built the device after Tesla's death and have been in, in close contact with spaceships. Furthermore, the FBI document mentions how Tesla was a Venetian uh, who was brought to Earth as a baby in 1856, which is where they get the Superman story from. Didn't I tell y'all that? Remember your Superman story? He was a baby. He's from, he, they redacted the Superman with Nikola Tesla, Whole little situation. So that's where they, Superman, remember Superman, right? Some of y'all, if y'all was born in the 70s, you saw the Superman in the 80s, and he came as a baby from Venus. He was a Venetian. So they're saying that the FBI file shows Nikola Tesla showing up as uh, brought to Earth as a baby in 1856 and left in the care of Mr. and Mrs. Tesla in a mountainous province in the present-day Republic of Yugoslavia, Croatia. So what does that, does that sound familiar? One Superman left with a white woman and a white man, and they raised them. Let's go. So, all right, here is the transcript. Um, interesting enough, the Interplanetary Session newsletter, which was dated June 14, 1957, it also mentioned this type of shit, too. Declassified documents released by the FBI mention a number of interesting things about Nikola Tesla. The document is freely available on the FBI website, which we need to get. All right. This is from the bulletin. Um, May 1st, 1956. But we still need to get the FBI files, y'all. The letter, it says this, the, this letter will not reach you in time. T- 
to cite flying saucers over New York on the night of June 13th from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. But there will again be full-scale operations of flying saucers over all American areas on July 1st. This will be in three phases as follows. New York areas, July 1st, 9 a.m., Washington, D.C., areas at 9.25 a.m., general North American areas after 9.25 a.m., Central American areas, 9.30 a.m., South American areas, 9.35 a.m., second phase. Same areas are as above, beginning at 12 o'clock midday. July 1st, third phase, full-scale operations over all American areas, beginning at 7 o'clock on the evening of July 1st. The above information has been supplied by George King, editor of Cosmic Voice, 88, The Drive Mansions, Fulham Road, London, Southwest 6. Six. Also, please note that George King had also published back issues of Cosmic Voice in one volume, price $1 plus postage. This is beyond doubt the finest buy of saucer messages that we know of. King George is considered the best telepathic contact which the space people have, although George Van Tassel is the finest we have in America. That name should sound familiar with y'all. That's um, George Van Tassel operates the giant rock spaceport and airport. Yeah, California. All right. Um, Let's get to another one. All right, here's another one. Margaret Storm has been assigned to certain work with the space people as follows. Um, She is writing a book, Return of the Dove, a story of the life of Nikola Tesla, scientist, and the part his inventions will play in the new age. Much of the data for this book has been supplied to Mrs. Storm through transcripts received on the Tesla set, a radio-type machine invented by Tesla in 1938 for interplanetary communication. Tesla died in 1943, so they say, and his engineers did not build the Tesla set until after his death. It was placed in operation in 1950, and since that time, the Tesla engineers have been in close touch with spaceships The space people have visited the Tesla engineers many times and have told us that Tesla was a Venetian, brought to this planet as a baby in 1856 and left with Mr. and Mrs. Tesla in a remote mountain province in what is now Yugoslavia. Let's keep, oh, shit, that's the end. Fuck, I got to get my hands on them goddamn files, y'all. I got to get my hands on the files. It is important. That's what I want to hear. I want to read the Bible. Okay. Yeah, Eli. We got to go to the FBI site. Let me see. Um, um, let me see if this computer let me pull up the files instead of goddamn wasting time. FBI declassified. Declassified, uh, what are we going to call it, UFO files? 
Yeah, they have it from CIA and FBI. Let me see. Uh, declassified by CIA. More than 700 documents about unidentified flying object sightings and its research dating back to 1970. Nah, nah, this ain't what we want. This ain't what we want. But I'm going to click on it anyway. Uh, nah, man, uh, Nikola Tesla was not murdered. They did come to kill him, but they wrote his shit off as he was murdered. Same way y'all believe that um, John F. Kennedy died in that assassination. Um, okay, boom. It's on the Black Vault site, y'all. Oh, our boy went and purchased it. Our boy went and purchased the, um, damn, ooh, get what? All we got to go is to the Black Vault and grab them files. Our boy went and caught them files, uh, Black Vault. Give me a second. Goddamn, got to get together. Black B-A-U-L-T, shout at Black Vault, document, boo. All right. We ain't got, I ain't got to call the FBI on this shit and pay for them files. All right, let me pull it up here. Look at these goddamn files, man. You know if we want to read about them ETs, man, even though a lot of us going to be like, man, that shit in Dr. York books, the whole little shit. But it's good to read the um, letters and correspondence that these motherfuckers been doing to each other, though. You know what I'm saying? Black Vault, baby. How you spell Vault? Black Vault. V A U. Okay, LT. There we go, baby. Black Vault. Give me that Black Vault. Dot com, boo. All right. I might have to give this man a tip. Uh, UFO files at the Barack Obama presidential presidential library. Let me let y'all take a look at my my screen real quick. Look at this. You can actually get it from there. Um, current government document page count with the black vault you stumbled upon. Let me find it, y'all. Give me a second. They got the FBI file on war plans. Shit. Hold on. Hold on. Documents, government. Government, goddamn. History, intelligence. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How do I, oh, shit, fringe. Cloning, mind control, new world order, parapsychology, remote viewing, UFO phenomenon. Man, we don't need, we need to be checking out this man whole page, baby. Case file, database, there we go. Let's see if this going to get us somewhere. Case file, database. How do we find this nigga files? Search. A UFO. Fuck it. CIA role in the study of UFOs. There we go. 1947. The list of UFO sightings by astronomers. Uh, we want the CIA files. Hold on, Shotta. We want the, uh, UFO declassified around this bitch. How long? Y'all bear with a player. Okay, well, hey. Damn. I can't, I ain't gonna be able to find it because I ain't got time because I gotta do this damn show. Fuck, 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 fuck. 
CIA roles in the study of UFOs. Okay, this ain't nothing but a background shot. We need some fucking files. Fuck it. Ain't no such thing as fuck it case files. Ancient aliens. Ha 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 ha. How we gonna find this man's um case files? UFOs. I'm back to where I started from. Well. Oh, shit, UFO still there, June 16, 1972. Black Triangle UFOs. Um, that Black Triangle UFOs, y'all, that shit was on um, X-Files. They had the Black Triangle UFOs and shit, um, season two, if I'm not mistaken, Pentagon former director of CIA, James Woolsey, on UFO. Huh. It ain't really, I really, I'm really not into the UFOs. I'm into the goddamn aliens. I'm into the goddamn aliens like, uh, I know what the hell, if I type in Nikola Tesla, Nickel, Nicolo. And uh, how you spell Nicolo? Nicolo, Nick, how you spell that nigga? Fuck a Tesla T. I know I spelled Tesla. Damn. Fuck. Fuck. All right. Fuck it. All right. So, damn. Damn, that done blew my high. Well, boys and girls, let's get into the let's get into the CIA file since I uh, uh the MK Ultra. Wait a minute. 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 This may this may really fucking help. Hold up. Oh, Freedom of Information Act documents. There we go. They said, keep looking, Don. Keep looking. All right, Freedom of Information Act documents. Uh, shit. Y'all want a little bit? Y'all want to play around with this? Um, um, let me see. Nuclear weapons, FBI scientists, and medical professionals. Uh, uh Oh, they got the heart. They got the whole heart project. Everybody was calling motherfuckers conspiracy theorists. Really? Well, what the hell are the FBI and the CIA doing with a heart project files? Declassified. Government, two million pages, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Begin 1996. Uh, shit. This ain't helping. All right, I need Brian. Brian, take your ass to the black vault and find the, um, I need you to find the, um, for me, baby. I need you to find the, um, the the FBI and the CIA files on the ETs. The spaceships, the UFOs would be fine, too, but the ETs are the most important um, because you've got to really know that there are aliens in human forms. They have perfected their goddamn forms, and they are walking amongst you, and they are running this motherfucking world, which you call God today. And that's what they call them. They call them God, right? All right. 
So we about to get into the black vault, though. I'm about to get into it. All right, y'all going to be fucked up because if this computer starts working, I am not pulling up the files on the other one. Here we go, black. Black vault, MK Ultra. Y'all ready for it? We got 30 minutes before we go into... Damn, I'm still looking at this man's documents. We got 30 minutes before we go into overtime. You know what? Never mind. Never fucking mind. Here, I'm going to give you all this one real quick. Here it is. It is a, it's heavy redacted, though. This is the U.S. Navy. Releases heavily redacted UAP slash UFO briefing given to Congress in October 2019. Y'all ain't gonna can y'all answer this question? Who was president in twenty nineteen? Hmm? Can you answer that? Who was president in twenty nineteen? That's very important. Yeah, they done blocked out a lot of um names on this. Yeah. That's what redacted mean, man. That's what your Bible is, redacted. All right. Here we go. About to get into the C-I-A-M-K Ultra. All right, here's where I'm at. For those that need to know, I'll drop the link just to give y'all a heads up. I'm in document um, MK Ultra, U.S. government. I'm in eight. I'm in nine. I'm in 800, 812. Letter regarding various items discussed with CIA. Okay, I'm past it too much. Letter redacted factors affecting research proposal. Damn, what number am I on? Covert action behavioral wide behavior act assessment and selection. Damn, what number was I on? 1805. Report on electro sleep. That's it. Bam. Report on electro sleep, boys and girls. All right. That's file, CIA case file 21805. And I think I was on page seven, electro sleep. Remember that? And they talking to the German, the Russians. Yeah, I'm on page seven. Give me a minute. I'll let y'all take a look at it so y'all don't have to stay at this for too long. Let me pull it up for you, baby. First, wait. Put this link in the after party. All right, I'm going to pull it up so that way y'all will be able to follow if y'all want to, okay? I know Trump was president. That's why. Yeah, they did a um, briefing. Do you want the link for the briefing? The United, but it's heavy redacted. Ain't nothing really on this bitch. They black, they blocked it all out, newbie. It's all blocked. The whole briefing in twenty in twenty nineteen. They blocked it out, baby. They ain't gonna let nobody see the shit. The whole briefing. So we're fucked on that. These motherfuckers know they don't play fair. All right, here we go. This for y'all. All right, because I'm on page 11. Remember, this is dealing with the um, sleep hypnosis and sleep therapy and sleep anesthesia, all right, which is probably another way how they're able to make you mine for currency, crypto, even in your sleep. They don't figure out how to get them ways that your brain sends out to make them blockchains. Fucking humans. Here we go. Um, yeah, I was at page 11. Putting women, it's routine. Use, uh, use putting the women and men and women in a relaxed, receptive frame of the of, of mind. 
uh, when questioned to use the space program, it hasn't been. Okay, here we go. We're on page seven at the top, boys and girls. Further investigation is being conducted. Further investigation is being conducted in connection with overcoming jet flight fatigue involved in time zone changes. Presumably, presumably, it is also being experimented with in extended transportation in the Red Army. They claim very promising results. Rottenberg Bird says whenever he goes into different time zones, he gives himself a one-hour treatment on arrival and is quite refreshed and ready for work at his termination. It seems that it is being used as an aid to promote the adaptive process generally. Rottenberg and Banshoshoff both stated that the published reports of one hour of electrosleep being as good as eight hours of normal sleep are true. However, both maintain that they never intended to suggest that this could be used in a situation whereby a man would work eight hours, sleep one, and then work eight again. They felt that it should be obvious to medical personnel that this would not be possible. They were only relaxing the nervous system, nothing else, and felt unhappy that the U.S. Popular Magazine reported it in that manner. Okay, there's a, remember Sleepless, the episode Sleepless I told y'all about, that them motherfuckers was up for 24 years. X-Files. There you have it. All right. They were also most insistent that a course of at least 20 treatments was necessary to get the true therapeutic value. The treatments are given five days a week for four weeks. I inquired about a possible placebo effect, and all Soviet investigators agreed that it was possible to obtain this insofar as the sleep was concerned. But all maintained that in the control groups of many studies made by them, no therapeutic value has, uh, was seen. Dr. Rosen, chief surgeon, First Medical Institute of Moscow, did not feel electrosleep was really a subject for much more research, as they have been using it routinely for a number of years. He is using it in post-operative care and in conjunction with local anesthetic, right, or anesthetic, yep, anesthetic, to achieve optimum effect and relaxation of the patient. In questioning about other facets of its use, i.e. hypnotic effect, etc., it was brought out that patients have received relief from epileptic attacks, not specified whether grand mal or petite mal over an extended period. After electrosleep treatment without further drug therapy, and the fact that there have been no reoccurrence of Berger's disease in five patients over an eight-year period was also cited. I gathered the impression that electrosleep is now a routine measure given in treatment of Berger's syndrome. I questioned Dr. Banshishikov 
about possible hypnotic suggestions made during the period the patients were actually asleep. One-third do sleep during treatment, and this was the only time during the visit that I felt he attempted to evade the question. I talked a lot about many things, but would not give a straight answer to that. Dr. Rottenberg maintained that electroshock therapy is practically non-existent in the Soviet Union at this time, that those cases previously treated in that manner were now undergoing extended periods of electrosleep, and in some cases were receiving drug therapy also. Interestingly enough, Dr. Tesseract felt that electrosleep was of no value in treating individuals with deep neurosis or hypochondriac symptoms, such as would ordinarily need three or four years of psychiatric case. The Soviets did not share this view at all. Much of my surprise, the Soviets, including representatives of med, of med export, told me that the rights to the electroshone in the United States had been sold to General Electric Company. GE, y'all. They fucking sold the electroshone to General Electric, to fucking GE. Y'all hear this shit? Probably why all them devices make your ass sleepy. Your washing machine, your refrigerator, your fucking <laughs> your dishwasher, your goddamn light bulbs that they you gotta buy from them motherfuckers. It's probably why your ass gets sleepy. Electroshone. The United States sold that shit to General Electric Company, GE. One of the newer developments, uh, technically in this field is the use of white noise as a substitute for the square wave in the apparatus. Both the Soviets and Wagner mentioned this, and Wagner is supposed to send over a prototype of a new machine making use of this principle. He is also sending one of his standard commercially available instruments. The procedure after an individual has been accepted for treatment is as follows. One, the patient is given a thorough physical examination by the physician. Two, upon admission to the clinic, a chart is prepared in closure A, indicating the complete data to be taken during the electrosleep treatment. Three, in a quiet, darkened room, the patient changes into hospital pajamas lies down, and the electrodes are adjusted. Four, an MD slowly turns up the current until the patient reports a tingling sensation. No further increase of current is, in, is indicated, and the patient is left alone for the remainder of the treatment. Normally, the current used in 1.2 milliamps, the frequency of the square wave component is 100 CPS. Although recent workers report good results with frequencies up to 250 CPS, all workers claim that there is no evidence of cataract development, and the Soviets in over 100,000 cases have not reported any statistical increase over that normally expected in the population. 
although the initial treatment is given by an MD, usually a trained nurse gives subsequent treatments. The timer is set ordinarily for 90 minutes. When the instrument automatically shuts off, if the patient is sleeping at the time, he is left alone until he awakens. Routine checks are made, of course, to determine his condition and the operativeness of the instrument. The electrodome has built-in devices to shut off automatically if the electric current reaches 5 milliamps. Summary, number one, no ill effects have been reported by any of the workers. Two, the patient is not expected to sleep during the treatment, although one-third do, so after the first few treatments. Three, a course of at least 20 treatments is absolutely necessary before it may be determined the treatment is not effective. Sometimes the effect will show up shortly after the 20th session. Four, there may be an intensification of the symptoms being treated during the 5th to 12th session, after which they will disappear gradually. Five, each treatment lasts for 60 to 120 minutes, depending on the condition involved. Six, placebo effect may be seen in so far as one-third sleeping are concerned, but in no case will there be any therapeutic effect seen. Seven, all diseases of the nervous systems are considered for treatment by electrosleep. Eight, a physician is in charge of all sleep stations assisted by medical trained personnel. Nine, treatments are evaluated as one-third successful, one-third partially with complete success coming late in treatment, one-third unsuccessful. Ten, routine use of electrosleep therapy was accepted without question by every individual with whom I came in contact in the Soviet Union. The importance of electrosleep in the Soviet Union may be seen from the fact that there are over 300 stations now operating, each with an MD in charge. Officials seem so convinced of the effectiveness of treatment that Ben Shashivakov and Rottenberg report difficulty in obtaining more funds to do further research, the feeling being that its value has already been proven. While the claim for electrosleep seems grossly exaggerated and, and even suggests quakery, quackery, the facts remain that data is available on over 100,000 patients treated over the past 12 years. In addition, personnel with whom I had contact in Austria, Switzerland, France, and Italy fully corroborate these findings. This led us to the inevitable conclusion that in the United States, we have had a gross misconception of the use of electrosleep techniques and this with a lack of accurate information as to the methodology involved has in effect halted research in this country. Perhaps the highest misconception of all is the commonly held belief that electrosleep means just sleep, which as it turns out is not the case at all. Dr. Banshishikov is holding a meeting in Moscow during August on the subject of sleep. The meeting closed except to invited officials and doctors in the Moscow area will consider the latest techniques in electrosleep, the results of the past 10 years, and the direction research should take in the future. Presumably, 
this will be part of a campaign for more funding from the government. I have been told that if I am able to be in Moscow at that time, it will be arranged for me to attend the symposium, symposium with an interpreter to assist me in understanding the discussion. Part two, electro-anesthesia. Upon arriving in the Soviet Union, I immediately attempted to contact Dr. Anath, Anif, Anadeh, Ananef. But since it was Sunday, I was, I was unsuccessful. The following morning, we did make contact, and I was taken by car to the Research Institute for Experimental Surgical Apparatus and Instruments. After much preliminary formality, I was introduced to Dr. Valentine L. Nope, Dr. Valentina L. Diriabena of the Institute, whom I found was in charge of the work being conducted in electronic anesthesia. Following introductions, we, accompanied by two interpreters, went to the office of the director where we spent considerable time discussing the field in general. After about two hours, the second interpreter left us and the talks continued. I found that quite, I find that quite by coincidence, I had appeared on the scene at the same time the biannual meeting of the Institute was being held. As far as we know, in the office of the Air Attaché in London, I was the first American allowed to attend. At the conclusion of the papers in which I was interested, I was asked to present a short talk on the state of the art in the United States, which I did. Now as to the actual information exchange, first of all, the, Soviet, the Soviets were thoroughly familiar with all the work published in the U.S. They quoted liberally from reprints of Knutson, Hardy, Smith et al., they seemed quite surprised that I was not familiar with their recent work in the field. This led to a general discussion of the difficulty in exchanging information quickly without having to wait for the journals, which sometimes have delays up to 18 months in the, in the printing of submitted articles in the Soviet Union as well as here. We all agreed it would be advantageous to set up a system whereby one central location, whether here or there, would receive at least abstracts of current work and then publish a monthly or quarterly bulletin so we would all be up to date and eliminate the present information gap that exists. I feel it would be possible to do this and would very much like to see the possibility explored further. In the opening period of our talks, I mentioned our recent work, especially the papers presented at the blank symposium, and in turn attempted to determine the current state of the art there. They, we, spared, we sparred for quite a while, but when the second interpreter left the room, Dr. DeRiot Benna seemed to loosen up, and the information came quite readily. I don't know the significance of this, but it did occur in that manner. At first she told me they had experimented with the sense wave with the sync wave at 700 cps as reported by many of our investigators but they did not like the results 
when I asked about the combination of ACDC that had been reported from the Soviet Union, she said, oh, we haven't used that for five years. She seemed honestly surprised to hear that we were still attempting it. At that point, it came out that that while Dr. Anef was generally given credit by the Western countries for the work, she and her collaborators had actually been responsible. All published papers from the Institute list Anav as first author, since he is the director. She also mentioned they had experimented with square valves. Well, nope. She also mentioned they had experimented with square waves, white noise generators, triangular waveforms, etc., but seemed a little reluctant to say what was actually being used. At this point, she mentioned that in the next session, a report would be given. A report would be given on the use of electroanesthesia in human subjects, and I would learn what I wish there and would be introduced to the doctors who had done the investigating. Last year, Dr. Blank, while attending the symposium in Colorado, made mention of the fact that a Soviet scientist visiting his hospital in San Francisco had started to tell him of a new development in electroanesthesia and had, in fact, started to draw pictures of a new type of waveform being tried. At this point, one of his fellow scientists said something in Russian, and the man said he was sorry, but he couldn't say no more. Dr. Blankety Blank 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 Foundation has somewhat the same experience. At this point in our discussion, I decided to mention to Dr. Duryabina that we had tried a method of mixing the waveforms, which seems to be what the Russians had indicated to blankety blank blank blank. She said I would learn all about that the next day. One point that she was quite emphatic about was that all workers in the Soviet Union had completely abandoned the use of any form of direct current, DC, ACDC, yeah. She said they had definitely established that DC caused morphological changes in the brain along with behavioral changes, and D.C. was no longer even considered a matter for discussion. At this point, Dr. Jeselevich, Dr. Jeselevich, Deputy Director of the Institute and Chief of Experimental Surgery, came into the room and joined the discussion. He asked how the United States Army was coming along with their field use of the procedure. When I said we were not using it, he became most belligerent, insisting he knew what he knew we were. He went so far as to send a secretary out to try to find a bulletin describing what we were doing, but she couldn't find it. It took a great deal of hard talking to convince him he had misinformation. This once again pointed up what misunderstandings have occurred in this field. He felt we were far along and were attempting to hide our findings from him. I answered that this was exactly the attitude prevalent here. At the end, he became quite friendly and joined freely in further talks. In the Soviet Union, there are two groups experimenting with electroanesthesia. The one where I was visiting and another at Kiev. 
there seemed to be quite a rivalry between the two, but they both agreed on the new wave form being used. This new approach is called interfering current, IC, interfering current, so named because it consists of four electrodes sending in two separate sync wave signals in a, Christ, in a crisscross manner. An example is if one oscillator is putting out 1,000 CPS, the other might be set for 1,300 CPS or 2,250 CPS, etc. The important thing was to keep the second frequency within 100 to 300 CPS of the beat of the first frequency. I will describe this more fully shortly. At the meeting, the paper dealt with human usage at the First Medical Institute of Moscow, and it was presented by Dr. V.D. Shaskovsky and Dr. V.I. Shaskov. Yeah. They reported over 200 operations on human patients using interfering current and gave the results which were quite favorable. The instrument is being used routinely in their hospital, although it is definitely still considered in the experimental stage and is not in use throughout the entire country as we had been led to believe here. In fact, their institution, one other in Moscow and one in Cave, are the only ones doing human work at the present time they do expect several more institutions to start using it as quickly as they get the personnel trained. Dr. Durabana reported on the development of interfering current by the engineers at the Institute. She did not mention animal work, presumably because it had taken place years ago. In private conversations, she said most of their experimental work had been done on primates. She said that although they were convinced that interfering current was by far the best method they had tried, they were not completely satisfied, and, and research would go forward using new methods as quickly as their scientists could develop instrumentation. From the talk, I gathered financing was not a problem in this area. The basic ideal of the crisscrossing of electrodes in a temporal occipital arrangement is to make the brain do the work of sorting out the signals coming in. They could not state exactly where this was taking place and gave the impression they were far more concerned in making it work clinically than in gathering technical information. They maintained that after it became operational, there would be enough time to find out why it works, find out why it works. Lord. Dr. Shoskowski, who is responsible for electro and anesthesia at the First Medical or First Med Institute in Moscow, is an anesthesiologist. He and Dr. Sheskov, the chief of anesthesiology at the Institute, met with me after the papers were given. We spent much time discussing medications during electroanesthesia because of difficulty with, interpret with interpretation 
we could not get together on what we were talking about. Interestingly enough, when we left the Institute, the doctors were quite adept at English, and we then were successful in exchanging information. The Institute has been using the interfering current for approximately one year in over 350 operations to date, although they only reported on 200. They are quite satisfied with it, but would like to have easier methods of inducing electroanesthesia and felt some more advanced waveform might bring about the desired results with less physiological change than is presently the case. At this time, they use between 70 to 100 on each pair of electrodes. Their monitor, they monitor the resulting waveform from the patient with an oscilloscope. They do not monitor output of the instrument. I explained we were mixing our waveform in the machine and they stated that this defected the entire purpose of the mix. In other words, the brain must be forced to do the work. I expressed a desire to see the instrument in operation if possible, assuming it would be used on an animal, if anything. They talked for two or three minutes and said they would pick me up the following morning for a demonstration. Surgery. When I arrived at the hospital in the morning, I was quite surprised to learn the demonstration was to be on a male patient. To me, this indicated a great deal of confidence in the procedure and equipment. They had arranged this in a matter of minutes. The operation schedule was the surgical removal of the thymus in a patient with myasthenia gravis. The subject, a Soviet man, was about 35 to 40 years old. He was given a very short acting the effect lasted only three minutes. Curare type drug and a local in the vicinity of the electrodes. They said that while they, on occasion, do give a light tranquilizer the day before an operation and sometimes on the same morning, they had not done so in this case. The man was fully awake and talking while I was in the operating room. During the three-minute period, he was intubated, and electrodes were in place. The current was turned up gradually, automatically from both oscillators at one time, until approximately 50 MA was reached. The frequencies were 1,250 CPS and 1,500 CPS. It apparently makes no difference which electrodes carry which frequency. At this point, about five to seven minutes, the subject's eyes were still open, but in a fixed position. He could almost clench his fist on request. The current was turned up slowly to 70 MA, at which time there was no response on the part of the subject. Surgery was started approximately 20 to 25 minutes after admission to the operating room. Respiration and blood pressure was constantly checked by a technician. There was a slight rise in blood pressure on induction, but it leveled off shortly. Respiration remained fairly constant, except for the first few minutes while the curare was still in effect. No oxygen was given during the operation. 
they reported that physiologic accommodation to the current usually occurred at about 30 minutes, and this would be evidenced by a light, note by a slight movement in the hands. Give me one second. Y'all following this shit? Is this boring? Y'all following this? Huh? Who gives a fuck? I'm enjoying it. Look here. Let me continue. It happened at 35 minutes. At this point, the current was increased by 10 MA. Despite shouting by the anesthesiologist, the patient did not respond in any way. During the course of the operation, which lasted two hours and 30 minutes, the current was increased to 150 MA. The instrument being used was one of their old prototypes, and they claim to have newer and vastly improved models at the Research Institute, which would do a much better job. Dr. Shashkov was not sure of the amount of current really being used, and after looking at the condition of the machine, I could share his opinion. He apologized, saying that it was all set up so quickly for me that they didn't have time to get the other instrument back. They have much information about the values needed, so were not concerned. At the conclusion of the operation, the current was gradually lowered, and when it reached approximately 20 MA, the subject started to blink his eyes. The instrument was turned off, and within two minutes, the patient would obey directions to look to the left or right with his eyes. At five minutes, his eyes were clear, and at 10 minutes, he could answer questions verbally. Saliva became a severe problem shortly after termination, and atropine was administered. The endo, I don't know, the endotracheal tube, yeah, the endotracheal tube was left in place during the saliva difficulties and was removed at about the 10-minute mark at which the point, at which point the problem had been corrected. He was quickly returned to his room and placed on the electro-sleep machine. I questioned this since I had been told 20 treatments were necessary for therapeutic value. They replied that it was not necessary in this type of case. They just wanted to relax the individual. And at that, and that when the subject was in a deteriorated condition, the electro-sleep seemed to have more effect. I saw him again the following morning. And through the interpreter, he said he did not feel or remember anything. The doctor said a few people claimed to remember events and five individuals of the 200 reported headaches the following day. They also reported two cases of post-operative shock, which they attributed to surgery rather than the anesthesia. They were not at all convinced one could remember anything after surgery, but though it could be imagination, stating that they stating they get even they get an even higher percentage who claim to remember events after surgery with conventional anesthesia. In discussion after the operation, the following points were brought out by Dr. Cousin. He feels relaxation is generally as good as what they get with either inhalation or intravenous anesthesia or a combination of both. They have performed practically all types of surgery, including abdominal. The noradrenaline value is slightly higher than with ether. The corticosteroid level is the same as with drugs. 
A slight rise in blood pressure is usually seen. He feels electroanesthesia is indicated in all hypotensive cases and agrees that hypotensive individuals should be tranquilized or given the standard pre-anesthesia treatment, which is normally carried out. He stated that their new machine is used normally at one site and receives considerable usage. They are having another built with capacity of 200 MA. When I asked how they secure volunteers for this procedure, he stated they may use the instrument on anyone in the hospital and no permission is required. He said it is a teaching institution and patients are eager to go there because they know the finest doctors are on the staff, preferring to the new hospital for that reason. He stated that the patients respected and trusted the physicians to use the best treatment and methods for their cases. He pointed out further that very few unfavorable results were reported by the patients. He said the procedure is still being evaluated and will be for some time to come. <coughs> he hopes with more refinements they may be able to get away from any nor uh, adrenaline change, etc. He stated in answer to a question that was that there was opposition from doc some doctors who just didn't like the use of electricity in any form. But that since all the doctors were in favor of it, they had no choice but to go along. Summary. In the Soviet Union, there are presently three institutions using electroanesthesia for human subjects. Two of these institutions are located in Moscow and the third in Kiev. Humans have had surgery performed while under electroanesthesia since 1960, but the discovery of interfering current with the use of four electrodes two years ago has brought it along more quickly since then. Over 350 patients have been operated on at the First Medical Institute of Moscow using this method. Practically all types of surgery have been performed, although the best results are obtained where there is hypertension, hypotension. Conjunctive, conjunctive drugs, such as curaring, one of our favorites here, are used if needed. Tranquilizers are given quite often the day before and the day of the surgery if the surgeon or anesthesiologist feels they are indicated. More adrenaline and, corticos, and corticos, corticosteroid levels are raised from preoperative values. The use of direct current, DC, has been totally abandoned because of morphological changes occurring in the brain. They have not found these changes using the interfering current. I, despite being up to that date on all work being done in this country, could add absolutely nothing to their knowledge of the field. The only area where I was ahead of them came in the recording of the EEG during electroanesthesia. They have not been successful in doing this as yet and are quite anxious to get any information I can supply. Other than the actual operation itself, the most impressive thing was the quick manner in which it was arranged. No backup material was evident, and the surgeons showed complete confidence in the technique. I feel it was significant. 
that they were so willing to allow me to observe their technique that they did everything possible to give me all the assistance I needed. I was in the operating room from the time the patient was brought in until he was taken to his room post-surgery. I am 100% convinced that only anesthetic use was electroanesthesia. General remarks. It is my impression that in the Soviet Union, electrosleep is an established form of therapy. This is not yet the case in other European countries, which I visited, where there is a great deal of interest but not enough results reported to justify any conclusions as yet. The fact that workers in electrosleep are having difficulty acquiring financing from the government while those engaged in electroanesthesia are not reflects the official attitude. While it would be easy to deduce from this that the Soviets do not feel electro-sleep is worth any more money, I do not believe this to be the case. Rather, I feel it indicates the thought that money should not be channeled into an established method, but should go into research in other fields. It would not be difficult to dismiss electro-sleep as another form of quackery. Quack, quack, quaker, quacker, quackery. And indeed, this has been done in the United States. However, I must accept the fact that all the scientists, surgeons, and psychiatrists to whom I address myself seems honestly convinced of the routine use of this form of therapy. It is conceivable to me that they are all mistaken. There is a very sharp delineation between workers in the field of sleep and anesthesia, while each in general aware of what the other is doing, at no time would scientists engage in investigating one field talk about the other. Last page, finally. My impression from talking with the doctors attending the conference at the Institute is the electroanesthesia will be used in many Soviet hospitals is the is the not distant future, if not the distant future. All right. There are two main drawbacks at the present time. First, not enough anesthesiologists are trained in this method. And second, the instrumentation is not yet generally available. While Electroshone has been released for production, the electroanesthesia apparatus has not. Since it is still in the area of experimentation, this may take some time. It is, of course, difficult to justify training personnel to use equipment if the equipment will not be readily available. The trip made me more aware than ever of the need of improved channels of communication in the scientific community. In the specific field of electroanesthesia, it could possibly have saved several years of work, which must be regarded as almost fruitless if the information gathered is correct. This lack of communication has permitted our scientists to work long hours using a Soviet approach to the problem of electroanesthesia, which the Soviets abandoned as completely unworkable four years ago. Brain damage as a result of its use has been proved. The possibility was discussed of setting up a central location for collection of data on a monthly or quarterly basis, and at the very least, sending out a bulletin abstracting current information. The Soviets were 
most enthusiastic about cooperating in such a venture. I feel this could be of tremendous assistance to our programs and should be followed up. If this type of program would work out successfully in this field, perhaps it would be adopted in other areas also. I feel it would also be in our best interest if we could develop some sort of coordination and information exchange between groups in this country. Naturally, we could not interfere with original research, but perhaps if knowledge was disseminated more rapidly and accurately between scientists, the work would progress more quickly. July 2nd, 1965. Now, for the record, this is the M. This is the MK Ultra CI motherfucking A declassified. So, what do y'all think? that they will want to do with this, um, wait now, your government already sold the Electrochion to General Electric GE. What do you think they wanted? Great day, G. Uh, what do you think they were trying to, you know, what they want with this um, electroshock and electroanesthesia, and they were doing sleep hypnosis? Nothing good comes from your government. But it looks like the Soviets was trying to cure some shit. I don't think your, your, your U.S. government, I don't give a fuck if it was 19 or the year 1700, all the way up to now, I don't think they're interested in saving lives. And you know that shit, true. And trying to help people. They're the cause of um, bad health. They're the cause of ignorance. Uh, intellectual disability is what you call ignorance. They are the reason for deformities. They are the reason for eczema. They are the reason for acne. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they are the reason for drug abuse, all types of shit. Anyway, I got to see a man about a bird. That's why I jumped in early to drop all these articles on y'all. Uh, the man of the hour, I think, yeah, I'm going to make him come up right now. But I hope y'all enjoyed that whole little episode with the Russians and how the CIA sent this doctor to um, go to the Soviet Union and get and get more details and ask a lot of questions regarding their sleep program. I wouldn't be surprised at that when they said that um, after Homeboy came back, they use the media and other doctors that you prefer to love so much to start telling motherfuckers you need eight hours of sleep. You notice it was on the nervous system, right, because the nervous system needs rest. They took it a step further and went into the brain. Shit, wow. So we'll find out what it was all about once whoever responds to this letter. You have to find that out in... Part 21, the CIA MK Ultra Files. You have yeah, you got to find that out there uh, once we get to that next one. All right, but yo, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm already like uh, eight minutes behind time. Thank y'all so much, man. Hopefully, we can get us a hot damn politics tonight at nine o'clock, hosted by Nefertiti, surviving the game. Y'all have an awarding day. And I'm about this bitch, man. Of the hours up next, peace. That did not give me shit. Sorry, y'all. 
All right, now I'm up out of this motherfucker. Y'all have a wonderful day. Peace.